<laughs> and we're back. I'm James. This is the Gross Fan Podcast. I'm Luke. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. And I'm James. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Something happened there in the intro. You get stranger every week. Did you, you get know? nervous? Did you get nervous in front of our guest? All right. It, it so, was the 49ers uh, joke before we hit record, wasn't it? We gotta stop. We gotta stop letting Brent come over, don't we? It's rough. So you need to join my level of pain as a Packer fan. We we have a guest, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hold off talking a bunch about the game, except to say, did you get cold at any point? Yes. Were you glad that your dad brought extra clothes because he knew you weren't listening? <laughs> He's rolling his eyes. <laughs> is, is your dad asking to be thanked for a job dads are supposed to do? Whoa. Whoa. Oh, that's a good one. Luke. <laughs> all right. Uh, so we will we'll get to all things Saturday in a little bit. But first, um, kind of exciting for us on the pod, we have a uh, – a guest with us that Brent, you know, slid into his DMs and started inviting him, which is how most of the good guests how line up guess. start on That's this uh, guess, yep. on this pod. Um, so, Brent, why don't you take it away? Uh, well, we have Coach of the Year, Chris Sidowicki. Did I say it right? Chitovitsky. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was there you go. Right. Right. No, it's all right. Yeah. Oh. You want to try? Chitovitsky. Chitovitsky. Yeah, you're getting there. You're getting there. Chitowitzki. Yeah, there's a Vitz at the end. Okay. Oh, man. They said it way wrong. So they announced you at the game. And I was like taking a mental note. And I was like, okay, remember it that way. Remember it that way. Yeah. It's all good. I blame Peter. Next time I'm on Peter's radio show, I'm going to be like, hey, we used you for a name voice reference. You look bad in front of the conference coach of the year. There you go. There you go. So you're, did I see you're in year five? Seasons, what, 2018? Yeah, it's six now, I think. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah it does six. not seem like that long. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. I just feel like it was the other day we just got here, and yet it's six seasons already, right? Wow. Which my kids are so much older. <laughs> Guessing your kids older. <laughs> and so it means that I'm older. That's the scary piece. <laughs> so so you, you, you got a lot of uh, football fans on this uh, podcast, like American football fans. Yeah. Um, so give us just a, a quick background. Kind of where were you before you were here? What's your background? And then yeah. we'll talk a little bit about your great team and your great season. Yeah. Long story short, I was born in Poland. So uh, my family escaped Poland when I was two years old. We moved to Italy, lived in a refugee camp for a year, moved to South Africa for five years, thinking that would be better than the political tension of Poland. But then we ran into the racial tension in South Africa, uh, which then moved us to Australia, kind of bounced around Australia all over the place. And I came to the States for college and um, lost my eligibility to play soccer because I was paid to play back in Australia. Oh, wow. The guy who had recruited me ended up losing his job. Because he had recruited all these players, oh. right, <laughs> who couldn't play. Um, and that kind of led into him starting a club and asking me to coach multiple times. And so at the time, I was considering just going back home. But that got me into coaching. And all of a sudden, that went from club coaching to grad assistant coaching at the D2 level. So I've been D2 grad assistant, D3 assistant, D3 head coach uh, at St. Catherine University over in Minneapolis, St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And that led me all the way up to, let's see, University of North Dakota as the associate head coach and then over here. So wild all, all right. over the place. So do you think from the time that you weren't eligible as a player to now the NCAA has gotten better or worse in handling eligibility questions? Because it kind of seems exactly ridiculous. The same. It kind of seems ridiculous that you weren't eligible <laughs> If I was at NAIA, it would have been great. No, it would have been yeah, zero issues, right? Because right? really everybody's a former pro or 40 years old playing NAIA. I could still go do that now. But um, hey, There you go. Yeah, yeah. NCAA is just, um, you know, 
that, that was a huge part of me at the time that I'm yeah. like, well, I hate this place. I want to move away. But then the coaching piece just, I don't know, it just caught me. And Trust I remember me. the very night I did it, and that was it. That's all I wanted to do ever since. Yeah, so. When did you realize you had some aptitude for coaching? Very first day. I had no idea what it was. I was a kid who grew up terrified of public speaking. I couldn't do it. I couldn't stand in front of a classroom and talk to anybody, right? I hated it. And yet that was an environment that I was like, yeah, I can talk to people. And for some reason, I'm confident. And the kids, it started with kids. Mm. Kids just wanted to listen to me. And I'm like, oh, I feel like I might be good at this thing. And there you go. (laughs) There you go. Wow. Absolutely. So you're an assistant coach in North Dakota. Correct. Montana job comes up. Yes. Uh, did did you make the connection here, or did you have uh, some other people in your ranks refer you this way? Or? Yeah, so we had come to play Montana, and we had lost. And I remember doing the scout report and then landing here and just being like, what on earth is this place? How yeah. is this so amazing, right? And I FaceTime my wife from the Target parking lot. And I'm like, look at this. We have to move here. <laughs> well, I mean, I could uh, see after North Dakota. North Dakota. Yeah, yeah, right after yeah. North Dakota. I'm like, look, Target is open on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to anybody from North Dakota. <laughs> Grand Forks, the Target was closed until 12 o'clock on Sundays. So, um, yeah, I just remember moving here and thinking it was absolutely amazing. So, um, well, visiting here, I should say. Yeah. And then went down to, I'm blanking out of the name of the store downtown, but got myself a little magnet, threw it on the fridge back in North Dakota and said, I hope it opens up one day. Um, coach had lost his job. And... My sport, the senior women's administrator at UND, I went over to Danielle and I just said to her, hey, uh, the Montana job's open. I would love to be able to apply for that. Chris has already given me green light for it. Do you mind connecting me? She's like, I happen to know Jean really well. She's like one of my best friends. Gets her phone out, texts her right on site. I've got a guy that I think you should hire. And next thing you know, I got the job. Wow. Well, you got to feel yeah. pretty good about that kind of random coincidence. Uh, life is full of random coincidences <laughs> right. like that. Yeah, in my opinion, everything happens for a reason. And you get beat down so many times just so another door opens and you end up where you're supposed to be. So Awesome. That's yeah. Incredible. So you said you had kids. Yes. How old are your kids? Nine and eight. All and right. I did not get that wrong. So there you go. <laughs> my wife can't be mad at me now. <laughs> so what's that? Second and third grade? Third and fourth? Uh, fourth and second. Fourth yeah. and second. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yep. So, yeah, kiddos are getting ready for bed right now, actually. So, so I, I had to ask for permission to get out of the house right. tonight. Yeah. Ooh, and I did. So. <laughs> Thank you. It's part yeah, of our Sunday night routine. I'll tell her that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we keep James up, James up late so that he can, you know, record with us a little oh, bit. Oh, he's got to record a bit, yeah. yeah. Meet people, why not? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, season, by all by all counts, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the history of... of the soccer team at UM is one that when they when it first launched, and you probably remember this, you weren't <clears throat> in Missoula yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seemed like it was competitive right away and then kind of went into a little bit of a lull. Yeah. But it seems like the last couple of years, you guys have a really exciting um, thing going. Yeah. And I'm curious kind of what your strategy is on building a team, uh, mix of Montana players and how you recruit and kind of how you've put this together, basically. Yeah. Um, I just really like winning, so that's the first thing, right? <laughs> helps. Um, helps. Yeah, I just don't make this too complicated. Yeah, it's it, it's as simple as that. Like, how, how do I win all the time, and what do you have to do? Um, to to live within the budgetary constraints was piece number one here at Montana. Yeah. So I don't have a power five budget for recruiting, so it's not shotgun recruiting. Sure. What you end up doing is just taking a sniper rifle and you aim it directly at certain markets. Yeah. For yeah. me, it was identifying clubs that. 
develop players the way that I would develop if I worked at that club myself. Okay. So I could go to um, a place like Pac Northwest in Seattle and say, love that club, love the people there. And they specifically in soccer terms play out of the back all the time. So they're very just, we have to build up out of the back. So I will always recruit defenders out of Pac Northwest. That just makes sense, right? Because that's how they're raised. Same with Vancouver Whitecaps kids. Same with goalkeepers, right? If I could get them out of that area, they're going to be good with their feet. We can play the style of soccer that I want. So we identified certain clubs and I spent my money just going and hanging around there, doing camps and just meeting coaches and players. And they got to know me. And if you look at the roster, it's very specific to certain markets. Yeah. And now that we've become successful, I can open it up a little bit more. But but your goalkeeper, freshman of the year, mm. Ashland, is yeah. from Billings. 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 Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. exactly. Sometimes that's just the way it works out. Yeah. And you can never ignore Montana market. Uh, the biggest piece for us with Montana always is don't. I don't want to recruit Montana players and then bench them or cut them after yep. two years. That's, that's just not the image that I want. Well, look at us now. Sky Thompson, offensive MVP of the big sky yeah. from Kalispell. <laughs> Ashland Dvorak is, you know, rookie of the year, should have been goalkeeper of the year for the big sky, is from Billings, right? Yeah. Eliza Bentler starts games. Mesa, before she tore her ACL from Billings as well, started games all the time. Mm. It's the Montana kids, when they play here, the stars. And if you look at the little kids after the games, who do they gravitate to? All the Montana, Montana kids. players. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Your, yeah. your defense is something to behold. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, you guys gave up eight goals in yeah. the conference play, less than a half a goal a game, right? Yes. Yeah. Like well, no, it was eight goals all season. I all think it was three season. in conference play. That's wow. it. So. <laughs> how, do you, right how do you do that? That's insane. Like, what's the, what's the philosophy or the, I don't know, the, maybe the yeah. mentality that your team brings to the defensive side of the ball that other teams aren't? Yeah, no, for me, it's always uh, you start with shape. You start with defending. You can't win titles without defending, right? And so you got to be in every single game. So um, we focus very heavily on shape and pressing and winning the ball back immediately. And as I said to them today, because I had to pause practice at one point because we weren't being aggressive enough, it's if you're not willing to run and do the job, just don't play. Yeah. You're just not going to go to playoffs. We're just not going to do that. This is our identity. We will always be known as the most defensive team in the conference, the team that wins the ball back as quickly as possible. There's a stat in soccer right now where they actually track uh, how many actions happen before you win the ball back. We're always one of the lowest ones, right? The opponent will only be able to touch it X amount of times before we've won it back and reclaimed it and taken control of the game back. And so we focus heavily on that stuff because I know it keeps us in the game. It does seem like 20, 30 years ago, the statistic revolution hit baseball. And yes. It really made like huge impacts on the teams that were first there, i.e. Moneyball, yeah. right? The Brad Pitt. One of my Joe favorite Hill. movies. Yep. <laughs> that and Miracle. Yep. <laughs> do you believe in miracles? How do you, or do you, like really dig into like interesting new metrics how do you track it on a budget and then deploy it when there's only so much time you can like work with a college yeah. athlete yeah it's a really good question um and i i don't have enough coaching staff to do it so you look at the power five that just added an extra assistant coach you can hire and I talk to these mentors and other friends that I have working there. They're like, well, we're going to hire another coach for you know 60000 a year. What do you think we should make him do? <laughs> Metrics, I guess, would be fun, right? Breaking down video analysis. But we do um, stats, for instance. Uh, we, every player has a GPS tracker. 
So we track everything that they do in terms yeah. of their movement. Yeah. And it's that that would be what I ended up using that for is am I structuring trainings correctly or uh, training sessions over the course of the week identical when it comes to physical demands? If they are, that's when you get burnout, you get injuries. So every training session has to vary. So one day is an endurance day. One day is a sprinting day. Uh, one day is a uh, acceleration, deceleration day. So lots of cutting and turning, which is a strength day in itself because you're changing direction multiple times. And so... We use the GPS stuff just to plan a week better when it came to training to make sure we're not doubling up on any endurance system. Uh, I'm sorry, any athletic system. And then making sure we're game fit. And so there are so many other stats as well. It's just, and the, the service that we use called Scout just pumps out these reports that are so full of metrics that it just blows my brain. And we have to be smart enough to narrow it down and say, this is the only thing that matters to us for this year. And then over the winter, you know, can we evolve? Can we get better? Do we, do we have to get better? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. So, um, so they're uh, building an indoor practice facility right now. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like something that can't come soon enough for you? Or are you someone who would still practice outside whenever you could? Uh, we just spent two days outside on the turf because our field was covered in snow so we just went after football at night right so we're nice enough yeah. they're nice enough to let us out there right which is great got a good relationship with jimmy and bobby um so but it's 24 degrees and you're yeah. outside it's freaking cold <laughs> right yeah. um and yet do it i told them we're not losing in playoffs next year because it was cold outside one night yeah right we we deal with it we handle it i can through the metrics shrink the session up to about 60 minutes just do the work um and it's there's a saying Montana tough for a reason. So let's let's tough it out. Let's get better. But the the bubble will definitely spoil us. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, state. There were all the soccer state championships for this past weekend outside. Um, outside. Exactly. Right. right? right? Yeah. In some places that had a lot of snow. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And some of them got canceled from Saturday over to uh, to Tuesday next week over in Bozeman. So mm. yeah. Huh. Yeah. It's crazy weather. Yeah. So I think it helps everybody, to be honest. Football's going to massively benefit from it, and so will we. So Speaking of playoffs, you guys, the tournament starts Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah, Wednesday, quarterfinals, and then we play uh, Friday. You get the bye Correct. and play the winner yeah. of NAU and, NAU and SAC. Yep. Okay. And it's in Flagstaff, though, right? Yeah. So how do they determine elevations for those? Just um, Three years ago, it was whoever... Uh, bid for it, got it. Everybody would vote, so nobody would vote for us because at that time we had only lost like two home games in a handful of years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so nobody was going to vote for it to come here. Plus the hotels are expensive and everything, right? Uh, then it went to whoever the highest seed is gets it, and then it just went to a neutral site, which went bankrupt recently. So I hope it oh. stays that way because <laughs> yeah. then who gets to host? We get to host next year for being oh, regular season nice. champions. So I wouldn't mind hosting. I think it'd be fun. Uh huh. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, exactly. I like it. So what um, – this is kind of a tough question for you to answer, but there's a lot of people probably listening again who, who know that you're having a good season but don't know anything about the conference. Yeah, so that's fine. What is what is kind of the preview of the, the tournament? What, who, who's the competition? Kind of who else is having a good season? Yeah, won't, won't make a, you say anything that'll turn into bulletin board material. But. Yeah, exactly. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I feel like a lot of teams are having good seasons. Idaho is having a good season. NAU, of course, being at home, it just helps at seven thousand yep. feet, right? So, yeah, um, it helps them being up there. And we've never gone up there for longer than three days. And so, for us to have to potentially stay there, arriving on Wednesday, being there through Friday all the way through Sunday, I don't know how that's going to affect the team. So you try to prep up front, you know, just the, to meet all the demands to, to stay healthy and acclimatize quickly. 
Um, we'll see if we can. Yeah. I remember going to start of the season, we went over to North Dakota, UND, where I used to work, and they took us through all the hockey facilities downstairs, and they have a room there that can be pressurized to whatever thousand feet you want. Oh, wow. And these hockey NHL future, right, players. Because of hockey. Exactly, because of hockey, yeah. That thing was insane. (laughs) It was huge, and it's full of spinning bikes and TVs everywhere, Hmm. and they do their workouts in there just to get fit. Right? At 7,000 feet, at 8,000 feet, at whatever feet they want. You just press a button, wait an hour, and there you go. That's the pressure you're at. That's wild. Yeah, it was wow. absolutely How incredible. How do you think some room like that runs? So rumors <laughs> are on that kind of stuff is a lot of these companies want to sell to NHL, but before they buy a product that hasn't been tested, send it somewhere where they have a good hockey program at a discount, and if the proof is there, we'll buy it too. So huh. they get it at a discount usually. Interesting. We have a chamber like that that's probably the size of this room. <clears throat> Maybe a little bigger, <laughs> and it doesn't simulate the al- the pressures. This of, is you at the school, the, the right, yeah. But Not it scrubs out room. enough. Yeah, me <laughs> at my me home. My house, yes. <laughs> you can tell I'm such next an to the sauna. <laughs> you and your academic, you know, yeah. career at the university. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it scrubs out oxygen, like wait an exactly. hour, and then it'll simulate the O2 level. Mm. At I think the 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 governor taps out at like seventeen five or something. Yeah, that's but pretty cool. It's not a it's not a room that you could probably fit the whole team in. Yeah, yeah. But that one in North Dakota, I couldn't believe it. It was that's just crazy. huge, right? Just glass windows. It was the most high tech thing I've seen. Yeah. Mm. So, if we could get one of those two, Ken Haslam, that would be awesome. All right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Ken. First, I'll take lights. We gotta, yeah, we're, we're working on lights. We right gotta, oh, lights for the cool. stadium, right? Yep. Yeah, if yep. we get lights, it's good. Of course, you got to respect the community, right, and what that does to that area. So, um, And then raising money. So, And speaking of raising money, so we were talking about this before with the <laughs> NIL. Um, soccer program was the first like major recipient through Montana's kind of revamped NIL program, right? Correct, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we got a rather large donation through the Surf Soccer Club, and so all of our players have a deal with them and have to do X amount of work, right? Because it, it's got to be you got to do work for the money. Yeah, um, and they're all getting paid well. And it's a three-year deal. Okay, which is incredible for every single student yeah. athlete. That is really except for the great. Canadians, they struggle because they can't get paid. So. Well, they can't. Student yeah. visa. Yeah, oh, yeah. student visa stuff. So, uh, so the makes US it hard for the internationals. Is more than the NCAA. Well, yeah, and you, you <laughs> got to think about the tennis team, right? Men's tennis right. is loaded. I don't think they have a, any Americans this year. I can't remember. Sorry, Jason, if you're listening. But yeah, that, like, so when it comes to an NIL deal for a team that needs things like that, well, what do you do, right? This yep. kid from Germany, this kid from England, well, how do they profit from this? Oh, that, that None of that's really being thought about, but hmm. at least all the locals are being taken care of. Yeah. So. Interesting. Never yeah. would have crossed my mind, but it seems obvious. Do you have any idea? Other schools in the conference NIL? is There was only – we were the third team in the country to get a team-wide deal. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Right? So, and that's it. The goal has always been to be number one in the country at the way that we run everything here. So you think that's a relationship you had? Do you think – what is like, – yeah. I mean – that is. Yeah, that's what it came down to. I do random presentations and meet up with people, and I did a presentation at the College of Business uh, in front of a group of donors, and mm-hmm. that kind of led to a couple meetings, and next thing you know, things like this come about. So, That's pretty good. The College of Business here. Yeah, the university. Yeah. When so, you, know. you meet with a recruit, are you allowed to say there's an NIL deal that's extant, even though we don't you know, control it? Yeah, I think I can, again, I got to be careful with the wording here, right? I believe we can say, hey, we have this NIL deal. You can read all about it for three years, right? And so if you're on the team, you get to partake in that. Yeah. Nice. Because it's available to everyone. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's fascinating. Skip that topic with the Canadians. So that's it. <laughs> yeah. <I> mean, <laughs> that's going to be one of the best NIL deals of any sport in the big sky. Oh, yeah. As far I, as I like, would think so. That's the only yeah. one I know of. I, yeah, that's the only bet. one I know of. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Fascinating. Got to have you do a, a you know seminar for all the other coaches on how to do this. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, honestly, campus is so full of opportunities. It's crazy how much time I've spent. Um, if we've struggled with the data and I didn't have interns, I would go to speak to classes on campus and just say, this is what we're doing. You guys are all data analytic geeks. Yeah. Does anybody want to come work with us? And then I would get interns year yeah. after year, interns coming in, breaking down all the data for me, crunching all the numbers, giving me what I have to do with the team. So campus is a resource I don't think enough people use. Yeah. Just well, go absolutely. out there. And the students want to be involved. Who doesn't want to be involved? Imagine just Bobby walking into a classroom somewhere and saying, as a football program, we purchased this stuff. We need somebody to help us do it. Help us with it. Yeah. Kids will <laughs> throw themselves at it. There's a, what a chance. Yeah, the business school has a data analytics certificate that students can get. Mm -hmm. And Coach Patricia Pat Deuce, right, the former Exactly, coach, yeah, she's the one who's doing it with us. Yep. She teaches a data analytics class in the spring. Yeah, wow. and that's the one I've been to numerous okay. times. Yeah, yep, it's with yeah. her. So, yeah, we were emailing this morning. But so, I mean, like, if yep. you were wanting to, you know, get a degree and then try and get into some sort of sports analytics, like, what an opportunity. Exactly. Like, and a lot of them are in the data analytics for business. And I kick the door down, walk in there and get fired up with them and say, why business? Think of sports. I mean, look at Moneyball and look at soccer's just growing in this. Football is, again, further growing it at the college level. Positions will be created for this in the future. But soccer, you're and right. And if you love like, sports and you love this stuff, there's a market for you. Right, get into it. So. And it's probably something that's kind of that opportunity is is more uniquely our level than than bigger schools. Correct. Because like you said, you know, the the pack the group of five or whatever, yeah. they just hired an extra staff member, so that's yeah, exactly. probably a lot more in house. Exactly. Whereas, you know, here it's like, hey, no, we we got we're gonna take help over we can get it. And if we exactly. can get an intern or two to come help us do this analytics, like that's probably a legitimate experience. Yeah. That, that's what I tell that's prospective right. students is UM lives at this interesting nexus of being big league, being like an R1, right? But then also small enough to where you meet the professors and the experiential learning, hands-on learning is available to the undergrads and not the master's students. And the PhD students, we don't exactly. have that many of them, so you get to know the professors and learn skills. Um so yeah, I mean, I think that weaves nicely into like what you do with your analytics and farming out expertise on campus. Yeah, right. You gotta you gotta look for it. It's everywhere, and people want to help. So yeah, just tell them. Yeah, I've heard you switching gears. I've heard you sort of being compared a little bit to Ted Lasso, <laughs> <laughs> in that you know a lot about soccer. Boom. Yes. You, so unlike Ted Lasso, you actually know a lot about soccer. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But yeah. I've heard it said you're a master at creating culture and chemistry. Yeah. What's your approach there? Uh, the approach there. Um, like, I've heard it said, I mean, and I, I'm not asking you to confirm or deny, but like your teams really like you, which isn't always... Yeah the situation for player coach relationships but they like you and they like the chemistry that mm. you somehow puppeteer you master between the players themselves yeah. and the staff um so how do you do that right at the beginning it's a it's a values-based program 
the purpose of the program is not winning championships. It's getting the most out of you as a person. And this is the way that I do it. And if this fits your family and who you are as a human, then come play for me. Because if I can maximize you and you and you and you and you, and I can get the most out of every single person on the team, we win naturally, right? For me, it's increasing the odds of winning. You increase the odds of winning by getting the most out of the people around you. Mm. So it starts with the recruiting process when I share the values and oh, even before that on the phone, getting to know them. Do I like them as a person? Zoom call with the parents. Do I like the parents and do I like the kid? <laughs> and then I invite them to campus and I share the rest of the stuff. And if that fully fits, then yeah, you belong here, right? And then when they show up, they might be completely different but they look at each other and say, there's just something about this person that I like and I can get along with her. And it's because you, you just value the same things. Mm. And if you value the same things, it doesn't matter the background, you find a way to get along. And one of the things that we value is obviously winning and competing and we, we do want to be hyper successful. And they, they get told that as well. So you're not coming here to just play, you're coming here to win titles. And that's the expectation now, to nonstop win titles year after year after year. Can you handle that? Do you want to be a part of that? Does that excite you or does it not? If it doesn't, don't come here. Boy, I'm pumped up. Can we have you talk to some of the other programs? There's <laughs> <laughs> only a couple, yeah. actually a few. Um, so you talk a lot about building relationships with clubs kind of across the region. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're the only D1 soccer program in Montana. Um, do you going to go out of your way to try and build relationships with, with kind of that youth and high school soccer in Montana as well to try and, um, well, obviously, you know, recruit and, yeah. and get, get good players, but also try and help raise the level of soccer in that community as yeah. well? Like, how does that work? Have to. It's hard, right? Especially with the high school season being at the same time as our season. To be honest, that's an area that I wish I could improve in even more. Um, you can always get more out of Montana. But we always have a pretty good ear as to who the up-and-comers are. Um, again, I can't speak of these things because of NCAA can't, yeah, things. Can't but, names. I mean, we've got... I'm excited by what's coming in the future. That's all I can okay. say, <laughs> right? And it's important to get – you watch Skyly Thompson play. You're like, this kid's an absolute monster. Yeah. Where is she from? Kalispell. Kalispell. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not out of California from some massive club. Kalispell. So are you able to kind of recruit and watch these uh, young women in their club seasons in like the spring and yeah, summer more? usually, yep. Okay. Um, our camps do the best job for us. They will come from all over the place to the camps, and that's where you identify them. And usually with the Montana kids, it's the blue-collar work ethic with a massive heart. She'll run through a wall, but she's missing a technical element. Mm -hmm. The sky was always very athletic, but she's finally caught up technically, tactically this year. That's why she's leading goal scorer on the team. And, and that's what you guys can bring your staff. And that's what we can bring, yeah. Right, so it has to be developmental mix. You can't just say, "Ah, you're not working out." Cut. You got to develop them mm -hmm. over time, mm -hmm. and that's I think one of the things we do best because we want to be really good at it. Awesome. Tell us a little bit about your staff. Like who 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 else helps coach and who else helps run UM soccer? Oh, so many of us. Um, <laughs> Jay Landon's my associate head coach. So Jay's awesome. We met in 2018 when I was at North Dakota. He was working at Northern Colorado as an assistant. Um, applied for the position. Uh, he's like. Uh, the way to describe him is a mad scientist slash Labrador, right? So he's like, he's your best friend, but then he starts talking, you're like, I have no idea what you're saying sometimes because you are just going off, man. Um, he's, he's that professor who will just keep going and going and going in the classroom. You're like, I, I don't know. I've lost you already like five minutes ago. But okay, this sounds exciting, Jay, right? So Jay is one of the best goalkeeper coaches in the country, in my opinion. Uh, he is absolutely phenomenal. And the more responsibility I give him with the back line, the more he's growing as a coach. So that's exciting. And then Ashley Hearn is my uh, assistant coach. And Ash played with the USU 23s. She was uh, the all-time leading goal scorer, I believe, at JMU. 
Played with the Portland Thorns, won an NWSL title at the highest possible level in the world, right? Played with some of the best players in the world. Played in Europe multiple times professionally. Uh, Ash is just a young up-and-coming coach who's very good at what she does and has tremendous professional connections, which is why we can send out players on to the pro level. So, yeah. yeah. And then you throw in Gabe. I don't know if you guys know Gabe, who runs 4 or 6 a.m. crew, right? I know Gabe, oh. yep. Yeah. So Gabe works with us as the volunteer assistant. He's awesome. Um, I guess we can't say volunteer assistant anymore. So I think it's unpaid assistant. I don't know, right? <laughs> NCAA's got me again. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, and then our strength stripes incredible. Our trainers are incredible. We're just This year, the planets have really enlightened when it came to the coaching staff and the full overall staff. It's just amazing. It's cool. Yeah. And work hard at trying to put that together, right? Because if you got the right people, you can do amazing things. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. 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 Yeah. How, how many um, – how many of your players are graduating this year? Like, how many are you having to replace? I think it's seven. Yeah. Oof. Okay. So, yeah. But out of all the ones that just won the awards, uh, you the majority like are coming back on each year graduating. Seven, right? Mm-hmm. Women win awards this year? I was going to say, yeah, when, exactly. when you were all introduced we, we got to a lot the of football game this year, they were listing them off. Yeah. Like, oh, exactly. Right? There's a lot of hardware. But I mean, yes. I guess if, you, if you're undefeated in the conference, like... Yes. You should be cleaning up on those awards. Yes. Right. Yeah, should be. There's one that I wish we had with goalkeeper of the year, but I mean, it's what it is. So. Well, yeah. some, I mean, we we have all sorts of thoughts on how the Big Sky votes on these things. Good. Probably let you guys talk. About one it. newcomer of the year, so we'll let somebody else win this one. Yeah, uh, which is BS. Yeah. So we'll say what you can't. <laughs> when does a no coach comment. know? <laughs> That their team is going to be, you know, as nasty as you guys are. Like, you're like, oh, I can see the elements are there. And then you take the game, you know, or the, the pitch, like, early in the season. Yeah. And you're like, oh, we just haven't seen our, our full potential. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. how long into the season before yeah. you know what you got? It's a really good question. You got to play a big game and they got to get a big result. And then you're like, oh, they've actually got, you know, that uh, little bit of juice in them. Yeah. Like, there's... There's an anger to not want to lose. There's a pride in the way that they play. And, and you have to have the players who can win you games at the end of the day, right? If you've got a goalkeeper who can stand on a head and make a massive save, a forward who can score, midfielders who can make huge tackles, defenders who can do it. If you've got key players who can perform in key moments. So my method of talking with players is, can you do something in training? Cool. Okay, now can you do it in a game? Great. Can you do it in a conference game with a little bit more pressure? Mm-hmm. Okay, you can do that. Can you do it in a playoff? Because I've seen players do well in conference play and choke in playoffs. And then can you do it finally in the NCAA tournament when we're playing a team that's supposedly, quote-unquote, way better than us, right? Yeah, yeah. So Ohio State was the first time. That result, I was like, oh, this could be a special team. And then beating Oklahoma a little bit later, I'm yep. like, yeah, this is it. legit. We got it. This well, was, was not a fluke. This is legit. That's fine. Before we start recording, I was saying that um, we did our – uh, football preview show the night you played Ohio State and Riley Voice of the Grizz called it and so he came over afterwards and he was just excited and you kind of realized like hey they could have a good year like this yeah. is this is a big deal and just to get them to come here yes like how does that work out because we're, are you we're gonna, not getting Ohio State to come in basketball you know <laughs> but are you going to have a hard time getting these teams to come here in the future because they're like we can't get an L hung on us yeah after a while that that will probably happen yeah. yeah for the time being we're still we, we got some really fun teams coming in the future contracts are still getting signed but the, the likes of the Ohio States where when you look at the schedule oh, awesome. in a few months time when it gets released you'll be like mm, that's pretty exciting and that, <laughs> that crowd come was pretty fun both in the stadium and outside the stadium yeah. which is kind of cool because 
you can, got a good tailgate culture going yeah. here. I'm liking <laughs> it. You got some yep. uh, student body buy-in, which oh yeah, I actually think that there's a lot of there's some sports like Grizz hockey's another one. Where yeah, it's like they have such a, few, a cool yeah, yeah there are atmosphere. A few sports where it's trying to get the students yes. in and, and engaged because you know I I never played college athletics. This might shock you, but uh, I would I would have to think that if you're playing and and your fellow students are excited about it. That has to help. Exactly. Like build that culture. Yeah. Network. Honestly, a lot of that comes down to Seth Bodner, who's been talking about it a lot behind the scenes, too. Seth wants more campus involvement and engagement. He's like, this campus needs to be alive. It can't just be the community that show up to soccer. And I've sat with Travis DeCure, and Travis has done the same thing. He's like, when he was playing, he's like, we used to have a massive student section that would show up two hours before, and everybody would want to watch us warm up. And now it's like, that'll be this, the, that's the section which is empty. No. He's like, and I would rather have more students than everybody else. Sure. Yep. So how do we galvanize that? And marketing this year has been phenomenal with some of the ideas. And the zoo crew themselves, just tremendous people running that. And that's led to record crowd for football, record crowd for soccer, record crowd for volleyball. Mm-hmm. That's three for three right now. Yeah. Right? I told the soccer team, like, Let, let's let's go to a cross-country meet and dress up and stand there on the <laughs> yeah. side we'll be cheering I, just to get a crowd. I do think that makes a difference, though, when it's like when, when you got the student-athletes going and supporting each other. Exactly. And other students see it. And it's yes. Like, hey, this is, yeah. this is fun. This is something to go do. And, yeah. Exactly. And, and, I, and I think as far removed we as we are from our undergrad careers. Are you calling us old? Yes. <laughs> I was trying to be a little delicate there, Mike, with all out calling James us old and top road. Yeah. No issue with it. But I, I think those in like engage. We're calling them engagement, right? But those real world experiences, like when you're out there being weird with your friends and mm-hmm. hyping other people up, you're going to remember those things. Yes. Forever, right? Yes. Like that's going to anchor you to this place in this time and so i yeah the more we can get students to do that i think the the larger the ripples are yeah exactly and they want to all of a sudden retention rates are better everything's better on campus if people just enjoy themselves and enjoy yourself through athletics which honestly gives us a healthy pressure of win because winning helps right people show up and so put on a product that's entertaining too i was gonna say but i mean if you're gonna have an athletics department at a a university you might as well have a winning athletics department yes you're gonna do it yeah right which which is one of the reasons i wanted this job because you looked at it it was i was reading about selvig and travis at the time was winning back-to-back everything and i was like that's an athletic department that if i showed up in with this vision i think we could win a ton so yeah but uh you know they talk in, in retention they talk about you know X number of ties to campus. So it's like yes. you get people in, enjoying soccer as freshmen. Like, hey, that's a tie to campus. And I think that that stuff's pretty cool. Yeah. S- speaking of engagement, I w- was trying to pressure a player of yours <laughs> to get the Grizz Athletics to, to post a link to the soccer workout playlist. Say this is what an undefeated team listens to. It's a bad idea. <laughs> I, apparently, apparently there can't be any explicit lyrics. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that true? Well, you know, in warm up in the stadium before. Are you talking about when they're working out? When they're working out. Working out. Oh, I've walked in there and it's been some all sorts oh. of crazy words. But this is other teams, so I don't know. Maybe she was telling me that when you guys clinched, you got to pick the music. For your workout. Oh, there you go. And they're like, well, it couldn't be dirty lyrics. And I was yeah. like, well, what do you guys work out to? I want to work out to that playlist. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like, I feel like every now and again, a president or someone famous will post 
their playlist. You guys remember? I think that? that's a really yeah. good idea. Barack Obama posted his like summer listening list. Huh. Uh, wow, I was like, was... I want to listen to what champions listen to when I work out. <laughs> I want to be inspired. <laughs> and I was like, I'd follow that playlist. I'm going to put that together. That's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. We'll do that. Oh, Easy man. enough. Awesome. Yeah. James, do you have any questions about uh, soccer for the coach or anything? No. no. You got nothing. No, he looks we, tired. We covered it all. Yeah. Is He's... it time to shower? <laughs> this, is, this is our Sunday routine. James does the intro, and then I tell him he's got to go hit the shower because you know yeah. you got to check. Hit that the showers. I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anything else you want to talk about? Um, uh, things about this team that you think are special or or worth highlighting? Oh, honestly, just things about. I think Missoula is an amazing community. I think the university is very good at what it does, and the department is there too. And we should just be winning all the time. That's yeah, what I want. That's it. what I want all of us doing. To open up the email that I got tonight and see soccer first in the table, football first in the table. That's what I want. That's mm-hmm. what I want, That's right? And there's no pro sport, so let's just dominate everything. And I love the vibe of the hallway. I like talking to, Bob, uh, to when I talk to Bobby about it and Travis about it and Brian. It's just there's a good vibe. There's a real good, solid culture in the department now, and I want people to know that where – where we're all sharpening each other, so to speak, right? Yeah. Do, do you try and find ways, and, and this probably goes for a lot of coaches, to kind of use each other to recruit? And I know that, I know that for, for instance, Travis uses home football games and yeah. makes sure people Absolutely. are in something like that. Yeah. But do you, what, what kind of other things around campus or with the athletic department do you try and use as part of your recruiting? Page? Yeah, mostly other sports, right? Uh, around campus, it's quite easy because it really just comes down to meeting professors or stuff like that, right? Uh, in town, it's I love Missoula itself. It's such an easy sell, right? We, we've had some very high-level commits who just show up and they're just like, this place is incredible. Like, where, where else would I want to live? I'll press the, we're winning all the time. That's nice, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just you, you have so many things that you could use. Uh, at one point, there was one sport they were like, hey, this guy is coming here. His girlfriend's a soccer player. Would you look at her? <laughs> so um, that would be one of the out-of-the-box ones. Yeah. I get that one usually once every two years or so. So, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we had a couple questions from yeah. fans. Yeah. Ooh, Coach, fan I think questions. you saw some of these. But so, okay, we have a very uh, detailed one right, right out the gate here. It says, uh, this, this person watched a lot of the games last year, and it seemed like the defense was on point, but the offense seemed to struggle at times. And that was reflecting the overall standings for 2022. This year is a stark difference from last year. Is there anything you can point to that really put this team over the top in that regards? Was it simply the players you brought in? Is there a scheme adjustment? Uh, and they say, regardless, uh, congrats on the great season so far. A uh, little adjustment to how we play, mostly just uh, reinforcements coming in, getting the job done, uh, plus the development and elevation of a couple other players, right? Look at Sky, look at Delaney. Yeah. Um, they've grown even more as players right now. And to be honest, more work, more running. You have to defend better. And if you defend better, then you have the ball more, you can score more goals. Right. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, someone else, I think it was on Twitter here, asked, uh, what do you like doing around town when you're not uh – Coaching soccer. Uh, I have a nine-year-old and an eight-year-old, right? <laughs> so I coached my son's YMCA team on Mondays. So, so ask you Mondays were our day off, and I would go straight to uh, Pineview Park and the Rattlesnake and coach YMCA <laughs> soccer. Um, and I would do that on Sundays after the game, too. So if somebody saw me booking it off after a Sunday game with the Grizz, it's straight over. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I always had to get to Fort Missoula. So besides that, I'm just hanging out with my kids all the time, right? Yeah. At that age that I just want to be with them a lot because I'm gone. Right. Most of the time. Yeah. Do, you, do you play like city league in the summer? 
Do I? Yeah, do you like... No, my assistant Ashley does. She's always there. She, like, lives there. I feel like she camps and just plays adult (laughs) league all the time. Um, And Jay sometimes shows up to him, but yeah. Yeah, I want to get into... There's, like, this over-40 league and the Rattlesnake. You got to, like, wait to get invited or something. It's mystical. I've heard about this I need to get into this magical, like, feel the dreams type thing. I might know a guy. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. I've met these guys. Yeah. You have? Well, uh, some of them. Because, uh, so, for the longest time, a group of us would, like, rent one of the Rattlesnake gyms uh, at the elementary school. And we always had the new gym, which is larger and bigger. And then, like, one year, this over-40 club comes in, and they had flipped the gyms. And so, we're in there, and all of a sudden, like... 30 or 35 yeah. guys just barrel in there and they're yeah. like you're gonna rumble here like, we go get, get yeah. the hell out of here this is <laughs> and we're like whoa and we get moved we we put the schedule and the school moved us to the old gym and they played in the there new gym go. for a year <laughs> right yeah they clearly yeah. assess the situation there's like, a league those there. guys yep. are a lot more athletic than <laughs> oh, yeah. guys but just like think about how exclusive <laughs> this club is that coach chris can't get an invite <laughs> I'm waiting my turn. I'm waiting my turn. One day it'll happen. One day. Yeah, fingers crossed. We'll see. By invite only. There'll be a knock on the door in the middle of the night. Somebody will shove a pillowcase over my head, drag me over to the field. I can't tell you where it's at. You can play now. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Juggle 300 times. All right, I got it. (laughs) I'm ready. Uh, Last one we had, Coach, was if you had to pick one of the three of us to kick a penalty kick. Oh, my God. Me. Oh. Okay. James, James, James volunteered. Included. James, you're volunteering yourself too. Who would it be? Who would be the penalty kick? I know who I'd pick. It's got to be Luke. I don't know, guys. What I like about James, James, is he was the first man up. Yeah, he right? did. Like, he you did want someone. You, you want somebody with confidence. confidence. Exactly. Right. Your confidence brain came through right away. You didn't flinch. You asked that question confidently. <laughs> Luke, have you ever watched um, what's that show? Pokemon. Have you seen any Pokemon? Do you know who Psyduck is? Psyduck always puts yeah. his hands on his head yeah. and looks worried. That's what yeah. you looked like. I, I was like, oh. You looked like Psyduck for a second. I'm like, so it can't be you because the confidence oh. isn't there. Oh, I looked that. worried, looked yeah. confident. I can tell you, Winner. I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. I'm not kicking that. Yeah. Kick. That's it. <laughs> you can hype him up, though. Yeah. Well, That's I'm, great. We'll do it. I'm a, I'm a great hype. We should try it sometime. We'll bring you guys out and we'll make it happen. So, oh, my God. We should yeah. do that. I feel like we oh had someone God. ask this last year about, like, was it was it defending a goal uh, or something? Or, like, oh. having us try to defend a, yeah. a kick from, like, oh why not? <laughs> and we were like, there's yeah. no way we'd make a stop. With Sky Thompson should, coming at you. That's we it. We should that absolutely kick, remember kick this and do this when you're in camp next year. Let's do it. And just a little, Let's do, a little, yeah. preview, a little hype up. Yeah. That would be a lot. Throw it on the Twitter. It'd be great. Yeah. No, we'll I was going to say this. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll enjoy that. <laughs> All right, I'm in. Hey, we can do it in January once the dome's up. There you go. I also think this could be a great fundraiser to open this up to the community. Like, can you score score a goal goal against the Grizz soccer team? There you go. I like it. Five bucks a shot. Yeah, I like it. It's gonna be a high dollar fundraiser. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Sweet. Great questions. Yeah. Well, and we had a whole bunch more just, you know, wishing you the best. Congrats. Happy you're here. Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of comments on that. You were tagged in a bunch there on Twitter as well. Too. Thank you. So, yeah. All right. People like get on there on, and... on social media, I've noticed. Yeah. They do? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. All right. I like it. All right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Keep reaching out, people. Keep following. Yes. Awesome. Um, anything else that you want uh, the fan base to know? 
No, we got playoffs, and we, we want to win in that opening round of the NCAA tournament. That's it. All right. Well, I want to get there first. We're so. pulling for you, too. So from all of us, we wish you good luck. And Thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us and you know be part of this. Sorry it took us over a year to get you on. But oh, that's okay. That's the way yeah. it goes. Yeah. It's all good. So thanks for having me on. Thanks, Coach. Awesome. All right, Coach. Thank thanks. you. Best luck. Okay. Let's talk a little football. Let's do it. James, what did you think of that interview? It was long. <laughs> I thought he was great. I, um, you know, it took us what we talked about having him on like a year plus ago, but, um, you know, him talking about how the standard should be win, winning championships, and if you can't handle that, you shouldn't come here. Mm-hmm. Man, that that we should play that for every sport we have. Oh, that, I am, I am buying into that. Do you know what? <laughs> I couldn't help it. Like I held back a little bit because I was like, damn it. He's not going to be here forever. Right? I was saying that, too. I was like, like, boy, this guy is... He's got friends in, like, you know, like the Pac-12 and stuff. I mean, and he teased, right? Like, we've got more big opponents coming. I mean, he pulls off a few more wins, gets a couple tournament wins. Right? Boy, we're lucky to have this guy right now. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, he makes me excited. I was like... I'm going to have to start practicing my kicks. <laughs> yeah, because now that we've, sh- com- we've committed to some sort of weird penalty shot I want to show off for him. <laughs> I'll do that. Yeah, well, you will do that. You're not getting away with it. You were the one that had the confidence to say you'd go kick it. So, okay. right. Well, James, uh, you know, it's past your bedtime, but uh, <laughs> at least it's past shower time. You want We got a couple questions for you. You want to pick some games? Mm-hmm. Do you want to give us any thoughts before we talk about what you what uh, what you think about the game? I've learned that northern Northern Colorado is worse than I thought. I don't understand how they were competitive in any game this year. How they, yeah, how they lost to Sacramento by eight, right? I mean, yeah. they, they they could barely move the ball. Yeah, that they're a scholarship team. Like, makes me think that the players are there just for the scholarship. Like, could they're be. not there to play football. Because they barely played any football whatsoever on Saturday. <laughs> Could be. No, this is a team that was pretty much blown up last year and rebuilt. Or Yeah, but it was pretty clear. They've got a long way to go. Long way to go. A long way. Um, coolest thing from the game for me, and I was, I was thinking about this, and I told James this during the game, and I just don't know that he properly appreciated it. But uh, I was in the, fifth uh, yeah. grade the year that Brian Ayotte threw his first touchdown pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. he's you know a freshman on the national championship team, James is in fifth grade when his son threw his first touchdown pass. I think that's pretty freaking cool. What do you think, dude? He's just, just shrugging his shoulders. Whatever. Just like if if this Ayat, I still don't know how to say his name. Brendan. No. Brandon. Brandon. Wrong. No. Wrong. Key. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, Oyad. Yeah. It, it's just, like if oh, oh boy, has a child <laughs> that comes and plays quarterback here, and you are sitting with your son, and he's a fifth grader. <laughs> that, I mean, just think about how cool that would be. It'd be pretty cool when you're doing the Grace Fan Pod in thirty years. It's <laughs> well, putting a lot of pressure on him. Oof, got it off. So his dad's name was Brian, and he's... How do you say his name? It's just, I'm trying Ke- to look it up. Keelani? It, it's like Keali Ayat. Keali Ayat. It looks like Keali, but there's a, a different emphasis on a vowel there. People were talking about it uh, online, and I'm, I'm missing it now. But, yeah. 
Are we all frantically looking up the yeah, phonetics? Um, well, in the um, in the too deep, they put the pronunciation in the bottom right corner. That's right to do. So I'm kind of looking for the too deep. Anyway, James, uh, tell us more about what you thought about the game. I don't know. Who was your offensive MVP? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. Gilman was mine. Okay. What was See, I got Agus. Okay. You actually can hear the players say it. I don't know where the actual speaker is on my. Kevi. Ki Ali. Ki Ali Ayat. He's like the story of the game, I think. And James, that's one of our questions for you, sir, is what did you think of him? He was really good. Yeah? He was certainly comfortable when he came in, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. That's a... Sometimes I wonder, and I'm going to take this to a little extreme, but when you're watching NFL Sundays, you think... How are there not like twenty five humans on the planet that can play starting quarterback competently? Right? You're like the financial incentives are there. Three of us used to think Brock Purdy was one of them. <laughs> right? Oh. I know. Uh-huh. But like, we should be able to produce twenty five humans at any one time that can competently play quarterback, and you can't do it at the NFL level, right? Seemingly. Roll this back down to the Big Sky Conference. And we get recruit after recruit after recruit. And there's been a lot of people thrown into the fray of a Grizz game uh, over the course of the years. And you're like, they don't got it. They're frantic. The game's too fast. Yeah. And then you get a true freshman out there who looks so damn comfortable. Yeah, like just poised. This this game is different to him than it is... To other people. Now, I'm not saying he's ready to be the starter right now. And he's certainly, you know, got a lot of room to grow. But, like, you put him back there and he just looks comfortable at a different level than a number of people who have started games for the Grizz uh, in the last handful of years. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just trying to think because, especially at that quarterback position with Bobby Howe playing a true freshman, a redshirt freshman, or even rarely a redshirt sophomore or a true sophomore. It, it's, we just don't see that. Well, the only other time he's done it is... Well, Sam Bidlack as a sophomore, no, technically. But with uh, playing a true freshman was Hartman in the option game. Hartman and Sampson in the option game. Because he didn't have any other choice. he didn't have any other choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, yeah. you know, save the season. But that was not, like... You know, a like voluntary this. decision where this was clearly. Let's uh, let's get to James's questions yeah. and so, yeah, let him pick, and then we will dive into this topic because I think this uh, is what people want to talk about. James, what is your favorite Halloween costume? Probably some sports-related one. Are you going to stick with a 49er, or are you going to move back to a New York Yankee this year? You're going to stick with what you picked. Yeah. What'd you pick? It's 49er. It's Brock Purdy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. This is fandom. You will be Brock Purdy and you will be proud. Because you know what? Brock Purdy has started more games in the NFL than Purdy's any of like your uh, any of your classmates will. 
Uh, okay, James. I have uh, a Trey Lance jersey. Purdy is. So does he. Purdy's like Ellie De La Cruz. Why? Because they were both rookies and teams didn't know how they were going to play. So they went out and balled out. But at the end of the year, crew teams figured out how Ellie De La Cruz would play. And now teams are figuring out how Brock Purdy plays. All right. There you go. That's a good point. We say that. Uh, okay, James, another question. Uh, would you, if you were given the option for a meal, would you choose steak or barbecue ribs? Steak. Steak. Uh, if you were the head coach of the Grizzlies, who would you have start and play at quarterback for the rest of the season? Probably be what Bobby did at the start of the year with Vidlak and um, McDowell, but replace Vidlak for a yacht. Got it, got it. Last one we got here. Uh, what's your favorite subject in school? Math. Okay. I'll take you a long ways. You want to pick some games real quick? Yeah. Idaho goes to Northern Colorado. Idaho. <laughs> Cal Poly goes to Eastern Washington. Eastern. Weber State goes to Idaho State. Idaho State. Portland State goes to UC Davis. Davis. Northern Arizona goes to Bozeman. Sac State comes to Missoula. Play the Grizz. Montana. All right. Like Love it. it. Those are the games. And that's the questions we got for you, dude. Anything else you want to talk about, Bubs? Georgia's actually proving that they can be a number one seed again. And they're not just taking all the wins from the last two years and just. All right. Yeah. Who, wait, still, really James, who's your, who's your four teams that are in the college football playoff? Georgia, Ohio, Ohio State, Ohio State, and Florida State. You're not putting Michigan. I was gonna. No. Dang. I was gonna ask. They've you, played nobody good. Where do you stand on their cheating scandal? Drop them out. Do you think they cheated? Yes. I just don't like Michigan. I have no idea what happened. It's the blue and gold. They're, uh, They're too bobcatty. Uh, allegedly had paid people to go film all their opponent's signals at uh, future games. Is that illegal? Yes. In NCAA it is, but like all kinds of people, like Tony Dungy of all people, has come out and be like, you are all overreacting to this. And Urban Meyer was like, we did this all the time. Which Urban Meyer is probably yeah, the right beacon on. of, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't they relying on some technicality that it was like... Someone kind of doing it like as a hobby of sorts, paid hobby. <laughs> you strangely enough, like I am not the biggest Jim Harbaugh fan of the world. I could care less about Michigan. I do not care. You know, Deion Sanders was like, you can know everything about them. You still have to go beat them on the field. Beat them on the right? field. Yeah. And I just, you know, the NFL they have the thing in the helmet, and you know, this is all a, not even a worry. Like, I like yeah. Northern Colorado signs, like the expressions. They oh, yeah, because they oh, have their big signboards yeah. for their play calls. Yeah. yeah. It was like some lady, like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, thanks for hanging with us. A little extra long tonight. Mm-hmm. Appreciate you sticking through the interview. And 
Would you uh, Would you play for Coach Chris? Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a good guy. He's a good dude, huh? All right. Love you, bud. Hit the showers. But quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> Don't take the iPad in the shower. <laughs> it's probably good advice. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, we won a football game against a very bad football team. I mean, we beat the spread by a ton, which is not something the Grizz usually do well in any era. Right. So, Yeah, Parley pointed out to me my errors in understanding the spread. But apparently now the Grizz are 4-4 four and four against the spread. I believe that. Because his underdogs with a win, they covered. So okay. their two roads were cover, Northern Colorado, Utah Tech. So, All right. Yeah. Um, start out slow. Like, holy cow, they couldn't get out of their own way. Um, you could see it. I mean, some, remember, like, uh, someone had posted that save a game against Cal Poly since, like, 2017, the Grizz had lost coming out of their bye week. Um, well, this is like Cal Poly. It's like we, we got a bad team. <laughs> right? So, I mean, we're damn lucky we didn't have to play Sacramento or MSU or Idaho or somebody. Because um, we'd be in a big hole in that first half based on uh, how things were going on the offense side of the ball, at least. Definitely looked a little rusty. We were missing Hunter McGinnis. Um, Hoke said it was a medical thing in his press conference after the game. Oh, okay, okay. So, hopefully nothing too major. Because mm-hmm. that was a little bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, first half was sluggish. Until. <clears throat> Until Yacht came in. Yacht. So, I mean. And they put him in in a 0 0 game. Yeah. yeah. But so I think I heard somewhere, and I don't know if this was in the press conference or in, in talking to people after the game, but that Hauk told someone that the only thing he knew for sure is that Yacht would play the fifth series. So that was planned. Okay. My hunch, though, is that what wasn't planned was for him to rotate the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, and I rewatched the first half. I haven't watched the second half yet. But um, he looked good. Like, the first drive he came in was the best drive they'd had up to that point. And I'm not picking on McDowell. McDowell ran the ball well. He's so damn tall that his pad level is so high. Uh, I mean, he is huge. 6'5". <laughs> but uh, he just, passing, it was not there. And there were a handful of times where um, it looked like it was there for him to take a chance or to throw the ball, and he just couldn't make the decision. Yeah. It just was a weird game for him passing. And I think that is what... Um, the coaches probably see too, and that's what I've kind of been worried about when we've talked a little bit. Yeah. Is it feels like there's a ceiling. But he ran the ball really well. And he once once they kind of got going, he came in and he orchestrated a couple drives. Um he had a nice pass for a touchdown to um Rocky Balboa, whatever his name is. <laughs> Sorry. So you're Rocky Sorry, Balboa. Rocky Balboa. Yes, I <laughs> Um, so I mean, Mc, I, uh, Mc, Mc, <laughs> the Italians that want to follow us are so upset right now. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> um, but so I mean, I think McDowell had a good game, but he had a good second half. I sure. will, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, and and I know that all the listeners are going to be like, "Oh, Mike's in love with the backup QB." We're shocked. <laughs> um, but I don't think that you can watch the game film from yesterday and disagree with the statement I'm going to make, which is. A yacht had the best pocket presence of anybody who's taken a snap for us this year. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, and you factor in, like, I would say anybody on the roster, because Chris Brown's taking a ton of snaps for us. Mm, yeah, it's true. You know, it's and true. I, I mean, he he looked things off. He stayed in the pocket. When he got pressure, he was able to move out of it. Now, I'm sure that mm-hmm. now there's a little film the next time he plays, whatever. But it, the moment didn't seem too big for him. And if you think about it, he's 19 years old. Yeah. Like, he is a true freshman. And I'd be really curious to know... I mean, I guess probably it's the Hartman-Sampson you know, generating touchdowns there, but like, when was the last time a true freshman QB in a traditional QB system came in and played for Montana? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about when was the last time a, a, a quarterback recruited as a freshman, you know, matriculated into being a starter and then, you know, finished his career here. And it was Berquist, right? Like... He was, yeah, he played as far as the Hauk years go. I mean, it was Jordan Johnson, but other than that, yeah, because Ayat's dad, Brian, played as a redshirt freshman freshman freshman. on the 95 team. Then he took over, he won the job as a sophomore, and he quarterbacked one of the best Grizz teams that best offense I have ever seen. I would put it up there. It's just they freaking ran into Randy Moss. (laughs) I was telling some of that at halftime, (laughs) yeah, I think. I liked what James had to say. Like, I think Clifton is the is QB one. Yeah, yeah. But I'm actually in a very good place now. Like, I don't think Clifton is going to lose us a game. Um, he's going to be able to move the sticks. I trust him running the ball. Right. Um, I don't think he's going to throw egregious interceptions or like have just the tires fall off. Sure. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. uh. But between Vidlak and, or I guess Ayat and Vidlak, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, this is great. I'm excited to see more of him. I hope there's opportunities for Ayat uh, here and there throughout the season. I mean, we have to keep in mind, he looked very composed against a JV team. I got to say real, like the worst defense in the conference and maybe one of the worst teams in all of the FCS. Yeah, yeah. But still, I mean... We've, I've heard Bobby Hawk say this before. Those other guys are football players, and they're trying to make plays. So it's not like Northern Colorado's just standing there watching him do stuff. They're right? real. They're real reps. So yeah, for sure, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Um, great throws, most of them <clears throat> through through zone defense, uh, multiple options. Uh, right before his, his touchdown, the, I I really love the throw before his touchdown uh, post to Evan Schaefer, and I think I don't. Not like knocking Schaefer, but Schaefer's what six five two seventy or something. Well, and I think a yacht led him like I was gonna say if he led Keelan White, that's a touchdown and, too. And he couldn't have he couldn't have not led him that much because if he threw it any more over, it's probably a pick. Right. So he threw it the only place it could go. It's just the timing of the route didn't work yep. out. But then the touchdown to Bergen. Now Bergen's covers tripped, but a yacht had a guy in his face. Backpedaling, back it foot off his back foot, which probably not the best <laughs> idea, but but man, like right, right at junior, like yep. ugh, it's fun, and then had a few more, uh, yeah, uh, a negated, what like a checkdown pass was it to Osmo that would have set up a first and goal, same yep. drive, and then on that later on on that drive, um, uh, on the third down before they. That was this was his first drive where he had the negated pass to Osmo. Right. Um, they had a screen and he just he he threw it a little bit too low and it got batted down. Right. But if he could have gotten that over, then that would have been a big gainer. So him and Fonts are like 
linked up immediately. Like they just look like they've been throwing to each other for years. You know? <laughs> well, you know, we've talked a lot about body language with the QBs and, and how the Q, the team seem to like playing with McDowell, and they do. They also seem to like playing with the yacht. They did. So yeah. I think that's interesting. You know, and the other thing I think that I've not seen is former Grizz on Twitter, be it Samuel Kim or Andrew Schmidt. I ran into Samuel Kim in the parking lot after the game. A bunch of he others. was excited. <laughs> on, on Twitter, I, I, you know, I don't recall last time I've seen a collection of former players get immediately excited for stuff like that. And it was also kind of fun. Like, we're not like old head Grizz fans, but we're kind of like halfway there. And for us to be like, this kid's dad was one of the best to ever do it. Yeah. Like, I, I'd say Brian is top, definitely top five. Oh, easily. And it's like, you can make like, an argument. I'd say maybe top, like, number three or something. I was going to say, you I, you can make an this argument is, from two good, on. You can make it. I think, like, like Dave, Dave and Craig... Craig Oaks, and Craig that's Oaks. me. And then I think I'm putting Brian as three. Yeah. I think you can make some arguments through some others, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, I think everyone's like, Dave, whatever, you know, he saw the one. Dave and then, yeah. And But I think that that also could play into why some of the former players are excited about him because, fair or not, like the legacy idea gives him some legitimacy. So sure. it's not just some freshman that came in, but it's like, Oh, dude, this is a guy that's got the hype because people were excited that his dad played here and he comes in his first action and looked good, looked the part. Absolutely. Which not every legacy that has come through our program has pulled that off. That's a good point. That's a real good point. And this has been a this has been kind of a, a complaint we've had as Grizz fans for quite a bit. It has felt like for the longest time, and regardless of coach, so this isn't an indication on a coaching system or a coaching staff, but it's, it has felt like for years and years and years, it has taken a long time for quarterbacks to like look the part and play comfortable in our system. And we sit here, we've talked about this on the pod before. How the hell does Eastern Washington, how the hell does Idaho, how do these guys just keep grabbing these kids from the middle of, you know, for just out of obscurity, out of high school. And a year or two later, they're thrown for 3,000 yards and 28 touchdowns a season. Like, why can't we do that? Why does it take us transfers and work and years and all this and suddenly and maybe we're just like really overly excited about um some performance against northern colorado but it feels like a yacht could be that kind of guy that could develop into that rapidly like this isn't a guy where it's like okay give him three years and in 2026 i can't wait to see what he's going to do for us right yeah so 100 percent. i mean i would say you know Tempering our expectations because, you know, the Bobby Houck that we've come to know, it would be out of character for him to turn his team over with playoff aspirations to a true freshman. But regardless of what happens this year, McDowell's got another year of eligibility. So assuming he comes back, to me, there's no way there's not a QB competition. Oh, yeah. Which is really probably overhyping one game. But he's got the stuff. Does. Absolutely does. Um, but yeah, you know who sorry. else has the stuff from this game, just in general? Eli Gilman is the real <laughs> yeah. deal. This kid's winning the freshman of the year award. Yeah, I mean, he <laughs> damn well better. Like, he is the the real deal. Uh, 14 carries, 100 and what was it, 3 yards, 7 yards, something like 110. that. 110. I thought it was 110, two touchdowns. <clears throat> I don't have the score in front of me right now. I had the box score, but I lost it. Uh, let's see. I've got it. 
He's up 14, 14 attempts, 106 yards, two six. touchdowns. Six. Uh, 7.6 yards per clip. Man. And two more touchdowns. He's got 108 carries on the season, 614 yards, eight touchdowns, 5.7 average, averaging 76 a game. I mean, you factor in the playoffs, this guy should easily get over 1,000 yards as a freshman. And you can see him being a workhorse. Yeah. Which further confounds me as to why Osmo started oh. Saturday. Osmo had a good game, too. Great. <laughs> Eli Gilman is, is RB1. Like, why Why are we messing with this? <laughs> I, I mean, maybe it is this, I, Maybe it is the coaching staff saying, you know, RB1, RB2, these they don't matter. I mean, they said, gonna, that, they said it about quarterback. Sorry to interrupt, but they said that at quarterback at the start of the season. They're like, just because Clifton or Sam at that point starts doesn't mean they are the starter. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, everyone's going to get a shot. Yeah. I, Luke, I think last week you asked us, you asked me if we'll have a 100-yard rusher or if we'll have over 200 total yards. Do you remember that? I can't mm-hmm. remember. So, yeah, we – 285. 285. <laughs> you know, we, we, had a, that. we had a 100-yard rusher. Osmo had – a net of 86. Yeah. McDowell had a net of 78. 78. He actually had a gain of 96, but he had a couple sacks, Got so he lost 18. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty damn good. A 106-yard rusher, an 86-yard rusher, and a 78-yard rusher. And then we um, ran the ball Khalil Yacht had two, two carries for 12 yards. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yacht ran a few, too. That's right, yeah. Um, did it feel like to you guys in the first half, especially the couple sacks that McDowell took, that we were trying to run the offense that the team was trying to get Vidlak to do in the first three games? There, there felt like a lot more longer developing yeah, get-it-down-the-field plays. And I just – that's just not McDowell's wheelhouse. Yeah. The, the O-line's blocking better than they were. Yeah. Um, but I just – we just need to not be doing that in our playbook right now. It's, it's what I wonder <clears> – <throat> and we can sit here and, and guess this as fans, but I wonder if they were sitting here saying, let's try to add some of these pages from the playbook back to see if Clifton's game has expanded, that we can start to put in more depth in pass plays. And let's say those first four series were the indicator, I'd say probably not. Well, Stick with what works. Because then the second half, they kind of dropped back into what they do, and they did it great. And there, I mean, there might be – Situations where you have to run those plays, for sure. And ideally, you you know the last time you ran them wasn't week three, so like you know like yeah, you. <laughs> yeah. we we went through we rehearsed those again. They didn't work this time either. But um, yeah. <laughs> maybe the, when when the backs against the wall, we dust them off and they work again. Yeah, but like if you have to run a deep play, a, a slow developing play, I mean. It's it's twenty eight twenty four. Grizz have the ball on their fifteen yard line and forty five seconds to go in a timeout. Like we're not going to be able to do zone read and you know quick hitters, right? We're going to yeah. have to get down the damn field. So there's got to be a need to run it through. So it's unf- but that first half seemed a little bizarre. I agree, but it, odd. It's the right game to, I guess, try things. Or not try things, you know, back to being cute. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Jackson Lee did kind of, you know, start things off on the right side uh, in the second quarter with a awesome pick six. And then 
Defense scores 14 points Both in the game. Both those Braxton's. Braxton's and Hill's. I mean, th- those guys read him. Like, they, yeah. they just read Sermon and made plays. And That Sermon kid had a rough day. That poor guy. I felt bad He for didn't him. have a lot of time. No. I, I mean, yeah. I don't think he's very good either, but, like. Do you think that um, he could be, like, a tight end and transfer to Montana? And he's just, a senior. Is he a senior? Yeah. Wow. So the Grizzly defense is credited with six sacks and six quarterback hits as well. I believe it. So now, granted, they played two QBs, um, but yeah. So Sermon on twenty attempts. If uh, I can't, I can't. I didn't know if the, the the kid, the other guy that had three attempts, was you know. It, um, no, it says actually he was sacked three times. So never mind. So the other kid drop had three dropbacks and got sacked on all three, according to the stat book. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just go through because the defense. I mean, not only did they score fourteen points. Huh. I mean, I guess technically twelve and then two extra points, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they had more return yards on those interceptions than um, <laughs> Northern Colorado had passing yards in the game. Um, Northern Colorado seven total first downs, two rushing, two passing, three penalties. Yeah. Mm. It felt like the refs were really feeling bad for how overmatched Northern Colorado was. A couple of those roughing the passers slash whatever were, were questionable. I was I was uh, not paying attention, but did our sideline get a penalty Bobby flag did. after after even, I, they picked up another? Uh, we had a roughing. It was yeah. BS the call. Yes. Okay. It was the ref was told over and over again. Okay. All right. Um, so Northern Colorado were rushing 18 net yards on 31 attempts, um, gained 70, lost 52. So that that's good for the old statistics. Um, yeah. Passing, they had 76 yards passing, seven of 23, two interceptions, average per attempt 3.3, no touchdowns. Total offense, 94 yards on 54 <laughs> plays. 1.7 yards a play, one penalty for 10 yards. Chris had nine penalties for 90 yards. Yeah. I find it hard to believe that a team as bad as Northern Colorado only committed one penalty, but you know what? We'll, we'll take <laughs> it. It's fine. Um, they did have 439 punt yards, so that's special. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, three what? inside the 20, 43.9 yards per punt. What was their third down proficiency? Um, it, it was bad. Third down conversions, one of 15. Yeah. <laughs> Fourth downs, 0 for 2. The sack 3, yeah, possession, time of possession, 24-44. Yeah. Whew, not a pretty uh, well, rundown. And end of the game, right? Northern Colorado had the ball with, what, two and a half, three minutes? They'd run up the ball, and then they'd sit there and watch the play clock. Like, they didn't even want to play football no, anymore. They were, they <laughs> they were, were just like, we don't even need the backups to get reps. As, just fuck <laughs> this. As our, as our regular Grizz Cat Week guest uh, and MYF champion coach, Cole oh, Palmer, yeah. would, like to, would say, they took the football out of them. And he actually texted that to us on uh, uh, Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Um, but the thought was, was the football ever in Northern Colorado for this game? Because it certainly didn't seem like it. No, it didn't. It didn't. Um, Riley Wilson has three sacks in the game. Boy, he's fun to watch. He's like, so someone, I don't know if this, but someone was saying he was like injured in the first half of the season or something. But um He's starting to really turn into like what they need out of his position. Like and his closing speed on the quarterback is 
Not something we've seen here a lot. So um, he's fun to watch. If people watched the press conference, he was there. And oh yeah, he talked about the Highway One boys. Yeah. So Jackson Lee from Phillipsburg or whatever. You know, he played a senior year at Sentinel, but played for that co-op. And then um, Hill from Anaconda. Anaconda yeah. And Huck was like, "You don't even know where Highway One is." <laughs> and he's just like. I've heard them called that. <laughs> That's what they say they're, on their picks. They're like Highway One, baby. <laughs> but I bring it up because to me that is a sign of a, a team and a defense that's having fun with each other. Yeah, and yeah, like just, yeah. You know, I think that they for everything that this season felt for a lot of us and maybe some of them earlier in the year. I think they're pretty proud of where they're at now, and I. I was just laughing after this game because what is this team now? Seven and one. Yep. This has been the most dramatic seven and one season (laughs) ever. This is the best record eight games into the season since Bobby Huck's 2009 team. Jeez. But like, I mean, doesn't even feel like right. Yeah. Like, and it's not like I mean, yeah, yeah. The the preseason pre-conference schedule was somewhat laughable, but the conference schedule. I mean, they've got some good wins. Yeah. NAU just seemed like such a bad loss at the time. I just think it was a culmination of they just didn't know what they were doing on offense. And it maybe took that game to kind of... Well, and then, you know, sometimes you just get outplayed. You have a down game. I think NAU is better than a lot of, like, most people thought. But, um, I I mean, we we were in Grizz Nation, not just us. We're in a dark place after that game. Oh, yeah. Um, I, just, I I can't help but laugh whenever I hear like oh I was in a dark place I think of um, like the Bachelor Bachelorette series like I feel like that's like the most commonly said thing about like when they talk about their history oh yeah I was in a dark place <laughs> uh, and the and so were we so were we yes not anymore seemingly less I mean. I'm still in a dark place, but I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> I think I, I did. It, it was fun, Mike, uh, in one of the group texts we were in, saying that Mike is in love with the backup quarterback. This is the sign that nature is healing. I don't think it was a group text. Somebody <laughs> called us out on Twitter about it. Oh, really? I think it was clicks me. It was like, <laughs> Mike in love with a backup QB? Weird. <sighs> weird. <laughs> I'm here for it. Let's yeah, go. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, I, the right type of tune-up game coming off a bye. Um, the only kind of seemingly penalties has been a concern, right? Uh, seemingly easily correctable. Uh, of course, what we're just kind of seeing going forward is what's the deal with our kicking game and Grant Glasgow. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, nice to have an experienced kicker behind him, but Nico kind of. This is first meaningful kicks of the year. So, what well, we had missed an extra point, we had another kick blocked, and we had another. So, um, and we had a kickoff go out of bounds. I can't remember if that was Glasgow that kicked out or if that was Grant. It was Glasgow. So, oh, it was okay. Yeah, so, that was the last play he was in. So yeah, just so just you know, because he had had he won special teams player of the week two weeks ago Four. with three clutch field goals against Idaho. So, um, again, nice to have an experienced backup, but it'd be nice to hopefully get Glasgow back soon. Although Ramos fall started on two of his extra points and they didn't get called. And like the, the really? one that he missed was just like, I don't know how it didn't get called. Cause that's the reason he missed it. Cause oh, he was really? like, he, he started moving, <laughs> stopped, oh, right, stutter, it was right in front of you. Right? And then he yeah. missed it. Yeah. I mean, it was like, 
I, I was just actually, like, I'm just really happy we don't have MSU's kicker. Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> like, you want to talk about having a bad day. Well, yeah. I'm sure that he'll come back and nail field goals against us and yeah. Chris Cat. So. <laughs> no, they're going to the Butte kid now, the true freshman. Oh. That's what I've been told. All right. By various Bobcat insiders. You got a lot of friends who are Bobcat insiders? I do. A whole bunch. A whole bunch. Yeah. Good game. A little frustrating at first. Got the win. Not. Got a little cold there at the stadium. Got in pretty easily. <laughs> well, that was the group text. You're like, I got in right away. I was like, we should play winless teams. <laughs> some I tell you, and I actually thought about putting this on Twitter. They had another line. They did. They had two express lanes at that entrance instead of one. And well I think done. we should give credit where credit is due. Well done. Thank you for making that we have change. A, yeah, we have an athletics department that cares. They, I, that's yeah. kind of nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think you should tweet about that tomorrow because it is nice of them to hear our slash your concerns and do something. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I take the brunt of this. Well, okay, then. You're welcome, Grizz Nation. You can thank me for getting into football games earlier now. There you go. There you go. That's leadership we can believe in. <laughs> I'm a Grizz fan that works for you. Um, anything else from the game? I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's awesome to get the shutout. Um, yep. Excited about Governor's exciting. I mean. Yeah, Gub got a sack right away. Yeah. O-line. Yeah, running backs. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we, we were a, down, a forty to right? nothing win. Like it's it's hard to like have a whole ton of whole things to be like super stressed about. So yeah, down, down the linemen, you know, we still figured it out. So that was yeah, good. We were rotating again. I noticed we had a couple young guys coming in O line as well, getting a little bit of reps there. Uh, cool in the fourth quarter to see a lot more younger guys. Uh, what Cooper Barnum, I think, had a sack uh, or a tackle for a loss and some stops and a couple of guys, a couple of our. You know, some guys that are good, we're going to be needing in the years ahead out there getting stuff done. So that was neat as well, too. Yeah. Okay. Then around the conference, there was a game in Idaho. <laughs> and, there was, uh, yeah. Vandals beat the Cats. Um, Which apparently now means that because... The Vandals beat the Cats and lost to the Grizz. They're better than the Grizz. I have been told that their loss to us was a good loss and puts them ahead because of their resume. So I think they just were handed the national title trophy right. uh, from that game. So it's weird. That it was a good head, season, guys. It's weird yeah. that head to head doesn't mean anything. No, it means nothing. No, no. <laughs> but I mean, uh, so taking away quickly from the game, um, I thought the Cats would win the game. I thought the Cats would actually crush them. And the first half of the game, MSU totally fell into the trap that is Idaho. And that is not – if you don't move the ball, you're not going to have the ball for long. Cats' first three possessions were three and outs. Mm-hmm. And they had the ball for like two minutes of, I think, the first quarter. I think their final time of possession was under 19 minutes in the whole damn game. Really? I mean, so it's like it's, they were lucky it was 10 to nothing at half and they got the lead back. But then at that point, like the game was kind of turning into what it was, a little bit of a back and forth. And Idaho just, you know, the Cats didn't get that chance to outpace them like we did early to force them out of their game plan. And 
they were able to hang around, hang around, trade a few, you know, back and forth. And but I mean that yeah. that game is a lesson that if the Grizz see Idaho get in the playoffs, they can't do this like conservative what because you got to score that's, some points or yeah. Idaho's whole game plan is to keep the ball away from you, and that's how they won in Washington Grizz. Last year. last year, well, and they have they have an ability to score quickly too. Like they don't they don't want to, but yeah, they have the ability to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I I don't know I feel like collectively a lot of Grizz fans would really not want to play Idaho in the playoffs, and I heard from a lot of Idaho fans that they would collectively not want to play Montana State <laughs> in the playoffs. So, but it's definitely looking like this conference is kind of turn it into well it's the three of us that have one loss in conference now um so idaho has the easiest road to finish with just one loss they've got northern colorado they've got weber both road games and they have idaho state at home so what is their record right now um uh six and two four and one conference yeah and then cats also six and two four and one conference have two home games it's eastern washington and northern colorado this weekend and then of course they come to missoula and of course we've got the toughest road where we've got wherever they finish, you know, number seven, eight, or nine in the country, Sacramento. Then we go to now four and four, Portland State. And uh, then we come back home and have the Cats. So we've got two top ten teams where everybody else, you know, Idaho has no teams with a winning record. (laughs) You know, so um, while the Grizz control their destiny to win the conference title, win out, it's yours uh, for the auto bid, um, Seemingly, Idaho has the easier track. So, these next three weeks are going to be wild, stressful, and wild. <laughs> S- somehow, um, Idaho State's three and two. Yeah, because they beat like Northern Colorado, Eastern Washington, and Portland State. Mm-hmm. Lost to us, and then lost to Sacramento this last weekend. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Well, that was the thing. And so the jungle of ISU <laughs> Twitter handle was, before the game kicked, was talking about how they could have this really hilarious-looking big sky, you know, uh, conference tier where it would be like Montana 4, you know, 7-1, uh, 4-1. Montana State, 6-2, 4-1. Idaho, 6-2, 4-1. Idaho State, would it be four and four, <laughs> four and one, or something like that? So that they like would have had this like kind of wacky tied for first top line, but they they hung around for a, a half with Sac State, but then that Idaho State defense is bad, bad, bad. So yeah. Oh man. Um, well, what next, guys? Want to talk about the games next week? Yeah, let's do that. But yeah, so uh, Sac did. You know, put Idaho State late. Sack, though, interestingly, brought in a freshman quarterback that uh, did quite well. So made quite a bit of high uh, headlines there. Um, <clears throat> also in the conference, too, uh, UC Davis, they are now off the bubble. They are not going to the postseason. They, they took a 17-point loss to Northern Colorado. And Portland State, now looking a little chippy again, hangs 47 points. On Eastern Washington. So um, that's kind of what went on around the conference. So, yeah, like we talked about with James, so looking forward here. Um, Idaho goes to winless Northern Colorado. I 
just can't imagine that Idaho doesn't win that game easily. Poor Northern Colorado. Jeez, they now they've got to face Idaho. I don't think they. I don't think they have anything left that's easy. Idaho, NAU, Portland. So yeah. When I open up the sports page on ESPN for Northern Colorado, the top article is about Ed McCaffrey. And <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, the goes to Bozeman. I mean, Bozeman's going to win that I game. I think the Cats are going to win that game. Yeah, they're going to be pissed they off. Come off a, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cal Poly goes to Eastern Washington. That's going to be some pretty ugly football there. Eastern will probably win that, though. they got a better passing offense. Um What's funny here, you look at this, uh, Cal Poly's 3-5, and five, Eastern Washington's 3-5. and five. So Weber State goes to Idaho State. Both teams are also 3-5. and five. Um, Portland State goes to UC Davis. Both teams are 4-4. Four and four. So we have a whole bunch of teams with similar records facing off against each other this year. Uh, yeah, so anyways, Weber goes to Idaho State. Portland State goes to Davis. And then Sacramento State. Comes here to Missoula. I mean, all those other games are fairly obvious to me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think we need to go through them. Not really. No. Um, let's just lead it off. We're going to beat Zach. Like, I, I I feel very confident. I felt this way for a while. Dang. Um, now, sure, different. <clears throat> maybe they got a freshman QB, whatever. They'll have the other guy. I think the Grizz are going to be fired up. I think that Bobby is going to kind of have this, like, hey, Nobody thinks you're good enough. I think the best thing that could happen to the Grizz locker room this week is if Idaho jumps oh, Montana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Because it's like, they don't respect you. Nobody respects you. Um, you know, Andy Thompson coming back, he's going to have his guys fired up to play. But I just think that Grizz night game home, I, I think they're ready for it. It does seem like <clears throat> this was the game that – this staff was looking forward to as soon as last season ended, right? And getting Sacramento here as late as possible in a night game, although the weather forecast looks kind of gross right now, like upper 40s and rain. So um, that is what it is. But, yeah, um, this definitely feels like a game. They they wanted this one now, and this is one they've been looking forward to. I'm so – we don't need – we don't need this win. Um, we need every win. Yeah, we do. No, we don't. But yeah, we do. Like, <laughs> but everyone is talking resume now. This is all resume, and this is <clears throat> true. Yeah, true. Our third ranked game, our second top ten team. Um, yeah. All right, Brent. Talk me. Talk me into this. Give me, give me this like, give me this deep dive. Okay, talk me into Ready this. Ready for the deep dive? Yep. Let's do it. Uh, okay, Sacramento State's um, third best scoring offense in the co- in the conference, thirty two point eight points a game, fourth best scoring defense. They have the uh, their offense is very balanced. They're averaging one ninety rushing, two forty four passing. Um, they've got this quarterback, Caden Bennett. I think he wears number one. Uh, he's been dealing with a sore shoulder. I think he got hurt maybe in the cat game. And so um, this this freshman, Carson Conklin, came in and, and did some really good stuff for him. 
Uh, again, it's against Idaho State defense, which is not good. So uh, could be a you know like a, a type of reaction we're having right now to freshman QBs. But uh, this Caden Bennett kid is kind of Mr. Do Everything for these guys. So he, I think I'd written down here some some stats that he had where he. He's got 500 rushing yards. He leads the team in rushing. He's got four rushing touchdowns. He's passing for about 150 yards a game. He's got 12 passing touchdowns and six interceptions. Um, you know, I watched – I kind of loosely watched the uh, sack and cat game, and I watched the first half of the sack Idaho State game. And, uh, you know, this guy's just kind of one of these guys. Um, little little kind of Dalton Sneed-ish, like an improviser, good runner, physical runner. Um, he's a damn good quarterback. I don't know how bad the injury is, but I can't imagine that we don't get his best game for this. Um, let's see. Defensively, they're they're in the upper the upper half of the conference. They they allow about three hundred and fifty a game, which is what the Grizz offense does on average. So we should be fine there. <laughs> so about one fifty rushing, two hundred four passing. Uh, they have the second most amount of uh, defensive interceptions uh, in the conference, second to only us. So ball hawking type of defense. Um, Andy Thompson's always kind of run this defense that the Grizz have had fits with and problems with. Um, uh, Caden Bennett, their, their quarterbacks have only been sacked 10 times this year. So getting getting the QB is a rare feat with their, um, with their team. This is one thing that really surprised me. Their red zone efficiency – their offense has visited the red zone 38 times, and they come away with touchdowns 27 times. 71% red zone efficiency. I didn't check Montana's, but I'm pretty sure I thought I'd heard on the broadcast or something recently that we're, like, last in the conference. <laughs> so I think we're um, – Sac State has only had two trips to the red zone where they did not score some sort of points the whole season. Uh, so a little bend but don't break philosophy – um, could test us big time just because they know what they're doing when they get down there. And the thing that was interesting about them is, as I was looking, especially starting to look at some of their players on offense and stuff, they've got three receivers that all have near 400 yards receiving. So this isn't one thing where it's like, hey, focus on, like they got the, the number five, number zero, number eight, and then they got a tight end, number 82. And so it's not just like shut down this one guy, shut down these two guys. They've got they spread the ball around like no other team. Um, two of their receivers are, I think, 6'2", tight end 6'3". Um, so it's not a situation where Trevin Gradney go lock this one guy down and we'll take away the whole pass game. You know? Um, but you've misunderstood the assignment. Okay. I, I know. I'm talking, I'm talking into honest. this. Okay, okay, okay. Well, hang on. Um, a lot of injuries in the running back room. Uh, honestly, I don't even know who their starting running back is going to be. Uh, so I, I looked – so for the two games that they lost, they lost the Cats, they lost to the Idaho. Uh, so what happened in those two games, I saw some similar things. Sac State in both those games did not force any turnovers. So we've looked at – we've had a grizzly offense, especially since Clifton McDowell has taken over, that has been very good about protecting the ball, not turning it over. Um, continue that trend. Uh, and it seems like Sacramento maybe kind of tips the scales in some of these wins of theirs. Uh, that um, is when they force a bunch of turnovers. And when they don't, they lose the game. Uh, 
they're bad on third when they're bad on third down against cats they converted five of 12 against idaho they converted five of 13 so uh and then you're facing up against a grizzly defense that proficiently is pretty damn good against third down so a couple of their weaknesses and their losses start playing into our strengths the other thing that's kind of interesting with these guys is sac state of their six wins the best team they beat record-wise is a three and four nickels team people could say stanford stanford's won two games this year the record of the teams that they've beat is 12 and 36 the record of the teams that the Grizz have beat is 27 and 30. I was going to say, it's so nice to be on the right side of this <laughs> for once, because I feel like for years we've been the team that has that. So um, it's like, because that's like, if you go down their list of who they've beaten, it's Nichols, it's Texas A&M Commerce, it's Northern Colorado, it's Northern Arizona, Idaho State, and Stanford. And you look at their games. Now, their early games, they're putting up some good points, but things have started in some way to constrict a little bit. They beat NAU by one. And NAU was going into the end zone to lead that game and threw an interception in the end zone. The Northern Colorado team that we just saw lost by eight to them and passed for 260 yards on them. That blows me away. Yeah. So, but I will flip that, though, because here's a, here's a worry that I then have. We'd heard this, too, from uh, coaches. When the Grizz watched film of NAU getting the shit kicked out of him by Utah Tech, thinking about we had played Utah Tech a few weeks before and beat the hell out of them. Hopefully, it's a learning lesson, and they don't sit there and watch film of Northern Colorado hanging with Sack and the Grizz sitting here thinking, this team that we just killed hung with these guys? These guys are bums. Because that's the weird thing, though, about Sacramento is their loss to the Cats was by 12. They were kind of in the game till the fourth quarter, and the Cats pulled away with their running game, which is what they do well. The Idaho game, uh, Idaho won by nine, but Idaho also scooped a you know, fumble-rooski lateral thing on a kickoff. And so you know, Idaho, Idaho was scored right at the end to take the lead. So um, that game went right down to the wire as well, too. So it, it, I think this is going to be – Honestly, the toughest game we've played this year. Um, I love that it's here. I love that it's at night. Um, I hope the weather is adverse, but not so adverse that it keeps fans away. Um, yeah, I think Sack is obviously they've played. They played Idaho. They played the Cats. They played at Stanford. Granted, that was against their old head coach, so might have had a little extra motivation there. Sure, but uh, but yeah, they're they're. They're a damn good squad, and it's so. This is going to be, we're going to be facing an offense similar to kind of like when we faced off against Idaho, where you had a QB that could do it with his feet, do it with his arm, kind of thing. And um, so it's going to test our defense big time. But the way our defense has been playing, this is going to be a fascinating, fascinating game uh, for a test to our run defense, uh, the aggressiveness of our linebackers, and make sure that our safeties because. Uh, They've got four guys that are going to need to be accounted for on every pass play, and there's going to be a lot of situations where that QB is going to get flushed, and we'll be still looking for options. And if our guys can stick to their assignment, um, force some turnovers, play clean ball, I like the Grizz in this game as well too. Yeah. So, see, I started by bumming you out. 
I kind of brought you around, right? You, Luke? Did, you, you did bring me around. Okay. Luke, the Grizz are going to win this game. <laughs> I, I think the Grizz have yet to play their best football. They've played really good football this year. Yeah. They've played some bad football. But sure. I think that they are on an upward trajectory. Like, what, yeah. I, I'm a little, I, I have some friends that we go back and forth about the term momentum and whether or not it's real. It's real. But I, I feel like if it's real, um, the Grizz have a little momentum here. And, and like you said, it's at home and it's under the nights. Yep. People are going to be amped up for this game. And I, I do think Grizz Nation's going to sh- show up and show out because it's a night game. And we're going to be able to be, you know, I'm yeah. going to have six more beers in me than normal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and that's oh, yeah. not, that's just me. Yeah. That's ev- that's everyone. Uh, it's going to be loud. It's going to be fun. Um, think about how fun the Ferris game was. The crowd at the Ferris game. Yeah. Right? Or the SEMO game last year. Or the Eastern playoff game the year before. Um Night game crowds when things get when it is a good game, crowds there and ready. It's gonna feel like a playoff game. It is. It absolutely will. And I, I do I think that like I said, things have been clicking for this team after they dropped that NAU game and they believe in themselves. I think they're gonna win. Mike, you're right. Brent, there you're, you go. You're right, Brent. The Grizz are gonna win this game. Never question me again. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, okay. Mike needs blind obedience. <laughs> well, that's sack. That's what we got for you. So it's going to be a fun one. We're I'm excited gonna, for it. We are. Yeah. We just, we need fans to be there. Um, yeah. And if it's, if it's dumping rain, it's going to be, a, I don't, I don't know who that's going to play favor to. I don't think it's gonna be dumping rain because I think we're we're gonna we're slightly equally matched offenses in some regards. So I think it play. I think it gives us an advantage because the way our defense thrives is causing a little chaos. Yeah, and it's like a wet, cold, you know, like inclement type of situation is gonna play into that. Yeah, for sure. All right. You guys ready for me to hop to questions? Yep. Let's go to questions. Okay. Uh, let's see. We'll start on the Grizz. MT um, Grizz Rules asks us questions about how the Grizz are going to prepare for the Bobcats ground game. Um, Can we worry about the Bobcat game <laughs> down the road? It's kind of... I appreciate it. He asks us, like, a lot of great questions. <laughs> so... But he he has a great idea of using a, a, a Gina Tone from the Big Sky Kid, right? Uh, as like a, a scout team QB. Uh, but MT Grizzero, put a pin in that. Let's talk about that in a few weeks when we get to the cat game, okay? Mostly because um, I don't have an answer for yeah. you. So MT <laughs> Grizz had also asked a question for uh, cro- uh, Coach Chris about um, uh, recruiting, and I think he kind of naturally moved Covered that, that quite yeah. well. So um, okay. Grizz fan of seven um, is also the question you have for James. Who do you start at quarterback for the rest of the for our remaining opponents? I think James probably nailed what Bobby's plan is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I might come as a shock to you. I'd start a yacht. 
Just go with it. Weird. What's the worst that happens? He's not up to the moment. You bring McDowell in, and McDowell can play the hero. I, I think we have a vested interest in keeping McDowell on the squad for next season. Yeah. He's a competent quarterback. <laughs> he, he's he a is. competent quarterback. We beat Idaho on the road with him. Let's keep him on this roster. Let's just mark this moment right now. People will remember who was on the yacht train and who wasn't. <laughs> and I am staking also, my claim. Your 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 claim is staked, Michael. I'm not off the yacht train. I'm excited for our guest next Why week. Why do you hate the kid? Our guest next week, Chris Brown, is going to love talking to you, Mike. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm messing around. I'm messing around. KB12. Uh, no, we love that guy. Uh, okay. Um... Uh, Grizz Fan 07 also is just wondering if the talent gap that MSU has been lauding over all of us in the big sky isn't as big as we thought. I don't know. I still I said their O line is it, it just it's better than ours. I still said they just fell into the Idaho trap. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, MT Grizz Rule did ask us if we'd get Brian Ayat to call in. That it, would be cool. This is interesting. I got. So I got tagged. Matt Wells on Twitter responded to a post of mine, and then like like the number eight club, <laughs> uh, and then see Brent's in the club, and then Luke, Jimmy Fer- and then Jimmy Ferris responds. Uh, oh then, man, see this is why it's so exciting to have him. And then like, like and then like Nate Dolan was talking to Brian at halftime of the game, so he responds. So I got these three Grizz receivers chatting about it was and you know it was cool. It was super cool. That's probably pretty cool for all of them. It's like yeah. hey, God, all, these guys all play together, and one of their kids is now yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, he wanted us. So this is MT Grizz was asking us to try to uh, and then just you know excited for the future and i think we've talked on that quite quite plenty so uh yes i am excited for the future. <laughs> we all are um okay uh, uh user mr president uh says uh talked it was the hall of fame weekend right so we saw uh, four new grizz in yep. the hall of fame and this poster is wondering if we foresee any who who we think might be next for a grizz hall of fame induction I'd have to like look up. I don't know who's in it. That's what I was just thinking. Is Croy in it? I don't even know. I mean, if they just put I Mark in, probably. If they just put, I mean, th- that'd be pretty close, right? But I mean, we got to be entering the Colt Anderson, yeah, um, uh, Chase Reynolds world, and maybe some of those guys are already in. I don't know, but uh, I would be surprised if they were in before Mark. Right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Maybe we should look that up and return with that one. Yeah, we need to know more about the Hall of Fame. Sorry we're letting you down here as Grizz Fan Potters. I don't know how they... Is there a committee? Probably. I don't even know how it works. Yeah. Hmm. We should have gotten invited to the banquet on Friday night. We could have learned a lot. We could have. Athletics dropped the ball. Man, How did you they not got invite so the much Grizz good Fan stuff Pod? Going. Okay, well, maybe next year, boys. This feels like a good time to say, uh, join the QB club. GoGrizz.com <laughs> slash QB club. They were, yeah. <laughs> For what's sure to be a very uh, exciting session where everybody finds ways to ask about um, the yacht connection and oh Bobby God. finds a million different ways to not answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Mike, you talk like you've 
Been at a few of those meetings. Uh, okay. TBL Grizz is wondering how the Grizz defense is going to stop the running game uh, for Sacramento and put pressure on their QB. I think what we did to Idaho, like just like the different disguised blitzes, uh, seems to be – I mean, we talked about Riley Wilson earlier, right? And so getting after these more mobile QBs, this could be a great game for him to just continue – this meteoric rise that he's on right now. I'll be looking for him for a big game. The For as much as I've crapped on this defensive scheme over the years, its strong suit is that no other team really plays it. Yeah. And so when you've got a week to prepare for it as an offensive line and a quarterback, you know, like there's just a finite number of hours I suppose you could spend prepping for what you're about to see. You don't know where the heat's coming from. Yeah. You know, like you don't know who's dropping, who's coming, so it can get confusing. Well that's this Northern Colorado game, it was pretty vanilla, right? Most of the game. A little bit of pressure here or there. Four man fronts, nothing too crazy. And I think we're just probably cooking up a whole bunch of new crazy shit for these guys. So I'll uh, take it. Poe Rouge who had asked the the question to Coach Chris about the changes from this year to last year and was wondering how long would it be if we were suddenly thrust into a Grizz soccer match? Would we uh, turn an ankle or pull a hamstring? The first time I have to change directions is when <laughs> collapse. Oh my gosh, it's not even funny. I'm not one of those. I, I felt like when I was maybe like 16, 17, 18, it felt like my dad and all of his friends. Like felt like they could still compete, yeah. you know. Like yeah. they, like they had these illusions. Like it, it felt felt like a generational thing. I have no illusions how fast I would get hurt participating in basically any collegiate sport, unless chess happens to be an NCAA sport. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm tearing something almost immediately. <laughs> God, I. uh when was this? This would have been like 2012 or 2013. I played a little bit of like the night league rec ball at the UM yep. with a couple undergrad guys from my fraternity. And I was like doing all the P90X stuff then. And so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in best shape of my life. I, I played basketball against... 20 year olds for like about two minutes and like my hamstrings were like locked up and I was just dead and sore and couldn't run. It's just different. It catches up fast. Like you're the, the way your body just torques now, you know, like you're just not as limber and flexible. (laughs) It's bad news bears. Uh, We got a post here saying that Tubbs and the club released their own power rankings, putting Idaho at one Bozeman at two and Montana at three. So, Sounds about right. Yeah. So, <laughs> guess you know they do still think they're in the FBS, where uh, head-to-head wins didn't actually matter, and there was some playoff system they were never going to qualify for. So, we should cut them some slack for not actually understanding how this whole works. <laughs> Did you guys see? Uh, I don't even want to talk about it, but Craig Haley's power rankings. No. Yeah, they're pretty nasty. They're not too. good. But then Sam Herter put Montana at two. <laughs> Where'd Craig Haley put it? Montana? Five. Five. Sack at seven. Idaho. Idaho at four. No, two. two. Idaho two. Cat three. 
for a minute four. I just four. like I get I get the the desire to move Idaho up and and maybe like with the weird triangle like they got to figure that out. But why is it automatic that the Cats are above? Because they've only lost to two really good teams. Who have they beat? Sack and who else? Sack. Sack and sack. That's it. That's it. So it's like we're hanging a lot on a shitty loss for the Grizz, which is a bad loss. True. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I And I think I tweeted this today, too. I, I'm a little... I, I mean... Enjoy picking fights with pollsters on uh, on uh, on you know the socials. We enjoy it when you pick fights with anybody. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, but honestly, I just these pollsters better stick to the way they are handling their formulas because we play two top ten teams in the next three weeks, and win or loss, these pollsters so far have been sending wins to the moon and saying losses don't matter. Hey, you know it's it's okay. So as long as they treat us the same. Grizz dropped the game to Sack, dropped the game to Cats, and these pollsters nuke us six, seven, eight spots. That's bullshit. Uh-huh. It's complete bullshit. So we'll just have to see. Uh, okay. Uh, beware the D was asked his questions on. Um, came through tailgate. Got to meet. Got to meet. Came through early. Good to see him. Absolutely. Um, asked to deal with our kicking game, and I think we maybe kind of touched on that. So we kind of had to. Turns out we went to college with his sister. Really? Yep. Yeah. That was. And yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Don't want to out anybody. But. <laughs> and so then uh, other things. So was, had noticed like comments before about passing game, especially early, being kind of seemingly more slow developing. Uh, that put McDowell in some bad spots where he was sacked. So he's wondering if that's part of him not wanting to turn the ball over when his first read isn't there, or just what the deal is. I think that's part of it. Yeah. I think especially because he had to have known that a yacht playing the fifth series wasn't a game plan. Yeah. You know? But there were a handful of times in those first four series where it's like, dude, you got to pull the trigger. Yep. Like, if we're going to be able to compete against these, you know, like you said, the top ten teams that are on our schedule, yeah, we, we, we have to take a few chances on offense. We do. Yeah, man. And I don't know. When you're a quarterback, like, that's, that's the whole game. Is you see the opening and you pull the trigger, take a shot. Yeah. Like if you're playing not to throw a pick, you're not going to win many games. You're not. You're not at all. Okay. Uh, hopping over to Twitter. Um, yeah. Uh, Corey Bleak was, had, had some questions, kind of just, I think, same kind of thing with the MSU talent level and, and whatnot. Uh, also wondering, he's wondering how much do, do we think we'll see Ayat Saturday night? I hope we see him a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like every other series. I don't know how they're going to do, do it. But. I, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if we don't see him much. Because, you know, Bobby is yeah. like, he's a traditionalist. Yeah, but, like you don't want to put a kid in a position where he's going to fail. But I think we should see him a lot. Be interesting. I think, and the pace of the game, like what happens in the game, too. Right? If. Grizz are up twenty one nothing or down twenty one nothing or something like is that make a dramatic change time or if it's just our typical yeah so I don't know yeah uh, Matt Colby is wondering if uh, the odds of a yacht being able to take over the job entirely uh, say we get in the playoffs and McDowell's 
uh, hitting more issues, odds that a yacht just becomes the guy. Is this a Tommy Malott situation? Well, I was just going to say, you know what? I think that there's a roadmap for it. And in college football in 2023, you can't be afraid to play the guy that gives you the best chance to win. And maybe that is a yacht. All right, uh, Thorkt here was just saying, as a former Class B guy, it was a fantastic weekend. His high school team, Shepard, beat Loyola. The Grizz won. Uh, got to see the defensive scores that uh, I'd been looking for. Uh, this team's been playing better than the team we saw in September. So it's November, and uh, it's been talked about at length, but uh, how great was it to see Ayat in person? Oh, and I missed this. He had to be well. He was just uh, giving Coach Chris some props here. and. Um, Asked him the keys to winning the tournament. So that got stacked a little funny there. So I apologize for missing that question. Um, Taylor Kallenberg is saying a lot of season left, but if Hauk somehow coaches this team, which we can all admit isn't the most talented with a lot of young players who are missing, haven't had a lot of serious time and not have a true QB to the big sky title, where would you rank this among his best years of coaching? We also received this text from, Local media personality as well, too, asking if this is Hauk's best coaching year yet. To be determined. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely to be determined, and I struggle with that a little bit because yeah. the premise is they're overachieving, and maybe they are based on where they were earlier in the season, yeah. but they're not based on what they're preseason projections were and where they should be in year 32 or whatever we're in of how second tenure. So let's see. It's such an interesting season because at the outset we were like circle three games, right? Idaho, SAC and MSU. Right. And we dropped one that we didn't anticipate. Yeah. And we picked up one of those games that wasn't a sure thing. Right. And because we haven't played the other two games yet, I think it's really hard to like drop a, an assessment on what this means in like the best season ever. It could be though. Could be. Like it's the jury's still out. It could be the best season Bobby's ever coached. Um, that's and that's damn exciting. I think, especially considering the conversations we were having after the NAU game. Right. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> So I'm saying it's the most dramatic 7-1 season ever. <laughs> uh, okay, Donovan was asking some stuff on uh, Ayat QB development, but he's also wondering uh, how much stock should we put in the defensive performance against Northern Colorado? I mean, it is Northern Colorado, but at the same time, like you said it, like this, that team passed for 200 and whatever yards against Sac State. Like yeah. they've been in a couple of them, so... I mean, you got to play your schedule, and I'm glad that they held a bad team to well below what would be average output. I mean, Sack gave up 300 yards to these guys. We were joking that Grizz wouldn't cover, and they shut the. Yeah. You know, they went 40 0. Like, they did just fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay was also wondering how many reps Ayat gets on Saturday. Um, let's see. I had uh, I'd shared this one with you guys. This came from Ethan. Um, so Ethan did point out that uh, you know he I think he'd also noticed that um, Sacramento brought in a freshman QB that kind of flipped the script with their offense. Uh, but he's wondering if that could be beneficial 
for an aggressive defense like ours. Soon we'll have to see. Um, and then I'd shared this with the two of you. Ethan had an idea for a pod where <laughs> we all take James to Shelby. Has, has James been to Shelby? No. Okay. So, Luke, you give a personal tour of Shelby. And we'd like to hear his first reactions. And then he says you could take the train to Haver. <laughs> and you don't need a fancy family vacation to Europe when you can travel on Highway 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, the the dean of the College of Business, Suzanne Tillman, when I told her that I call uh, Shelby the Paris of the Highline, um, she, I think, started calling Haver the Vienna of the North. <laughs> <laughs> So it's kind of like we could like come up with a whole thing with all these towns. <laughs> if you guys are have deep oh familiarity God. with the High Line, I want to I want you guys to compare uh, all of the major towns to European cities. Like, okay. tell me what Malta is. <laughs> let's go. Let's oh go figure God. it out. Oh man. Oh boy. Uh, okay, Jermaine Robinson, same kind of thing. Should we get nervous that Sac State looked better with their f- true freshman quarterback? I mean, potentially. Uh, you can look at it two ways. Uh, true freshman, yeah, we don't have a lot of film on them. We don't, right? This was NAU. They switched QBs on us, right? And that apparently was a big problem. Uh, on the flip side, true freshman coming into a night game in Washington Grizzly. So... You're going to test that poise a little differently than against at a home game against Idaho State. Johnny Claxton says, what is the current QB depth chart one through five? <laughs> McDowell, Ayat, Vidlack, Brown, Hoyt. There yeah. we go. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> I, I still wonder if um, Hoyt or Hewitt or however you say that. We're going to get in trouble with our Helena contingent again. Sorry. <sighs> well, after struggling with Ayat's name, we couldn't have missed that far. But, you know, I'm like wondering if maybe he has some ability to play. Um, and maybe we won't see him before his career is over. But we just don't know. He, he's got to be at the bottom until we've seen him take snaps. It's Hewitt. 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 Go back. I remember I got I got a text correcting me on that one. Good. Hewitt. Hewitt. I won't mess it up again. Yeah, you will. Justin Martinko just <laughs> wants to make a, an observation. God. <laughs> You're right. I will. I mean, I will too, so I'm like... Just, uh, just be honest. Justin Martinko just wants to make an observation. Says, imagine what it's like losing to Idaho. Hashtag FTC. Um, okay Garrett Skelton another loaded question is time of possession the best indicator or metric for success against these stronger teams does it not in a sense constitute turnovers stopping the run and your own run game success I mean it can It's, it's super meaningful Chip Kelly never cared about time of possession I mean, it just depends on like what you do, though, doesn't it? Bobby Huff says he doesn't give a shit about it. I don't know if that's true. I think it matters for our squad because <laughs> we don't score fast. But we don't. Chip have, Kelly scored fast. We don't have a great top. We're like right. We're about fifty fifty. I think that 
our previous team, like the 07, 08, 09 teams, they had good TOP. For us to win this game, we're going to have to win the turnover battle. Yeah. I, yeah, I think. And then we're going to, like, like it infers that we'll have more minutes with the ball probably, right? right? Yeah. Like more first downs. Um, I think I think it's going to be really meaningful. And As I have a hard time imagining how we win the game if we don't have the TOP battle, unless there's a deep... Like a couple defensive touchdowns or special teams yeah, touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, it, it does, especially at our level, it seems to be a pretty good recipe for success for teams like Idaho, North Dakota State, South Dakota State. Control the ball a long time, end those drives and touchdowns. Um, you limit other teams' possessions. Uh, you know, it seems like, I've heard this a few times before, the big metric or something is if you hold certain teams to less than 10 possessions, your odds of winning the game are... Much higher. So, yeah. Hmm. Clayton Grenat wants to talk about Brian Ayotte. <laughs> we have a lot of Clayton. comments. Uh, not Brian. <laughs> Kiali Ayotte. So, um, uh, yeah, Eric Witz was wondering uh, our favorite Halloween costumes. Had that for James as well. Mike, what's yours? Boy, I don't. I'm going as Cocaine Bear this year. Cocaine Bear. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, well, I think that <laughs> my wife and I are Kronk and Yzma from uh, Emperor's New Groove. Oh, that's good. It looks like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw, I've seen some good ones on social media. Um, the kid from Sandlot, the lifeguard. Yeah. Um, Squints. Taylor and Taylor and Travis. Uh, course yeah that, i think that's that's, that that's going to be yeah. the costume of the year probably yeah. um in high school we once decked out my whole car as a pirate ship drove it around town it's kind of fun r yeah what's the pirate's favorite letter mike r the c oh no, no. <laughs> that's a trick question oh. <laughs> Oh man, okay. Uh Timothy yeah. Pratt, we're we're in the, the home... six people still listening yeah. think that's a terrible joke. <laughs> we are in the home stretch, boys. Timothy Pratt was just pointing out defense special teams scored in almost every game. Uh first time defense got in the end zone. Um hope hopes it continues. Agreed. Yes. Doc Love says, uh being old school, I would like to see the conference title come down to the last weekend and it involves some of the original Big Sky Conference teams going to be bold here but idaho will lose to idaho state and the loser of the brawl will have two conference losses i enjoy your podcast thank you thanks dude <laughs> great i, I would like love position. it if idaho lost to idaho state <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i mean my god because there's all these oh, these man. idaho fans including some of the podcasters mansplaining on twitter all about <laughs> you know rankings and quality wins and literally being like i know you're smart enough to understand this and it's like yeah Oh my God! Take off your Homer glasses. Yep. Like head-to-head matters. I dropped out of the polling a long time ago because it all seemed nonsensical. Yeah, I'm not voting this year either. Uh, I did. Um, it felt weird voting Montana won, but I did. I'm sure Idaho's going to win that, though. I'm sure they're gonna, they will be number one. Uh, Tom Kuglin, uh said the broadcast did a poor job explaining the sacks on Clifton and we can't see downfield where receivers not open uh, because he appeared to have time. Uh, receivers weren't open. 
it was like a pretty heavy like a it was like a quarters or a, or a, a maybe but he also yeah. he should have pulled the trigger on a few things and yeah. he held the ball too yeah, long. yeah yeah uh nick larkin says it is time for the gfp to make a pilgrimage to a road game in portland we will provide beer and ohsu is a preeminent medical research institution so luke can have a lucrative weekend <laughs> 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 hey, when you're oh, in Portland, you gotta get weird. <laughs> I think that's a deep oh, joke. I was gonna Thank say you. that is a quality listener joke. <laughs> let's just, you know, yeah, let's just see how it goes the next couple weeks. I'm too superstitious with this season now. We haven't seen a road win as the three of us. I would love to go to more road <laughs> games. Um, and oh, man. and um, I I like the city of Portland actually quite I a bit. Too. So yeah. there's good beer there. There is. So I would love to come see you. And yeah. <laughs> thank you for suggesting how I might pay for the trip. Megaphobe was wondering about McGinnis. I think we kind of touched on that. Um, okay, so this question comes to us asking for a rank in order that uh, this ranking that they put out is start, bench, or cut. These cities, so start, bench, or cut, Moscow, Russia, Paris, or San Francisco? I'm going to cut Moscow, Russia. Same. <laughs> I think I would start Paris and bench San Francisco. I've only been to San Francisco. I've been there a few times. I've always enjoyed myself there. I've never been to San Francisco. I enjoyed it the time I went. Been to a few conferences there. Yeah. I'm also a proud American, so I'm going to start the uh, American city on the list. Okay. Oh, well, you're God bless the USA. Man. They're okay. called Freedom Fries, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so his next grouping is Moscow, Idaho, St. George, Utah, and San Luis Obispo. Well, I'm going to cut Moscow, Idaho <laughs> just as quickly. Oh, Mike. Uh, St. George no. is awesome. Yeah. How? I don't know, man. Oh, you you just went on a trip where you were controlled environment, yeah, and you okay, had to that's go. Fair, that's fair. Like that, okay. I, I've talked yeah. to people that golf and have lived there and really enjoy it. St. George is like a beautiful place. It, it is. There's like a lot of good hiking, mountain bike, mountain bike. Yeah, okay, okay, you're talking me into it. All right, Moscow's out. Moscow's. You're done, dude. <laughs> I'm, St. Starting, Louis, I'm like, starting. I'm starting. Hello. Oh yeah, it's beautiful there. I'm not. I've never been beautiful. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, last, I'll, okay. I'll last group: Billings, <laughs> Great Falls, Butte. Ooh. Okay. Cutting Billings. Ooh. I'm cutting Billings. <laughs> Mike's nervously looking at her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to answer this question. Mike's passing. I love all Mike's my voting fans. present. Mike's voting present. Present. <laughs> um. <laughs> I I really like. I just got done explaining how cool Butte was to a friend I have who lives in Ohio. Um, and his wife has a has an uncle from Butte, and we were talking, and I was like, oh, dude, you haven't been? Like, you got to come see this thing. Um, but Great Falls is, is my first love when it comes to, like, a Montana city. It was the, air quotes, city when you grew up in Shelby. Like, it's where you ran around the first mall, got your first Orange Julius. We used to, you know, like bump CDs in the Sam Goody. Like that's where 
that's where it all went down for me in the city. The the taco treat on 10th <laughs> Avenue South. Oh my goodness! Wow. I played for the Electrics for one summer. Right. You know, so I lived there uh, as a 16 year old with a like an 18 year old kid. My parents were very trusting. Uh, Great Falls is my starter. Wow. But I do love Butte. I God, like yeah. I, I ride hard for Butte. I defend it all the time. Butte would be my starter. Yeah, Butte would be my starter too. That's, I've, I've never just as not. Far as I'm gonna go on this question. I've just never not like had fun and just met like. Awesome people in Butte, too, right? Um, I just don't like meth enough to get on board with Billings. (laughs) (laughs) Enough. (laughs) I'm just teasing. I'm just joking, Billings. One of our best buddies, AJ, lives in in Billings. I don't know. I don't know Billings too well. Evidently more than once, Luke. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know Billings too well, so I'm cutting Billings, but based on lack of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, the only other thing that was pointed out to us was there was a tweet by Montana's Mint's Hot Take Nate uh, pointing out that their head coach, Vegan, did not dance around the field after they beat Sacramento State, and then he tagged Bobby Houck in the post. And then Terrence, who follows us, I think... Um, replied and copied Nate's tweet and was asking if anyone was wondering I saw vegan dancing on the field after their Idaho game. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, Nate. That observation was stupid when you made it two weeks ago in our text thread or our Twitter thread with all the Big Sky podcast people. Um, He was excited because, you know, they just beat back-to-back ranked teams on the road and everybody had been calling for his job prior to that. So good for him for showing a little bit of emotion. Uh, no problem with it at all. And I'm glad you hang on to things for a long time. How'd your cats do this weekend? I'm always confused when people haven't blocked Hot Take Nate on Twitter yet or <laughs> muted him. You shouldn't be seeing any of his tweets. Um, but yeah, like loose it up. Life is too short not to have fun. Um, copying a colleague of mine. I have now started to always have a bottle of champagne in my refrigerator <laughs> just in case there's a little win I want to celebrate. Oh, nice. So, like, every little tiny thing that goes well or is something to be happy about, like, I like to have a little champagne because you never know when it's going to be the last time you drink champagne. Oh. And celebrate everything cool. There we go. I love that. All right. Well, the only other thing I got is a, a, a live reaction from our guest earlier, Coach Sidovicki, right? Did I say that right that time? Uh, was saying, retweeted our post and said, Dan Patrick show vibes in there. Love the setup, the back and forth, et cetera. Keep up the great work, and thanks for having me. Oh. Hey. Go Grace. Yeah. All right. We'll take that. Great guest. Yeah. Um, one last thing for me. We tweeted out earlier on the pod, but um, the Great Falls chapter of the GSA is oh, yeah. doing a pretty cool raffle raising money for the GSA. They have a helmet with every living number 37 signature on it. And um, you can buy raffle tickets. You can, you can go to our um, Twitter page, and there's some instructions there. Or you can go into the GSA office in Missoula. Or reach out to the Great Falls chapter and buy raffle tickets. Um, 
and they will draw the winner at the Wine and Beer Fest before the Cat Grizz game. Awesome. Or Grizz Cat game. Excuse me. Don't want to get in trouble with everybody. Wow. Wow. Okay. So check that out. All right. That's all we got here. All right. Hey, night game. Let's go have a little fun, right? <laughs> so when's it kick off? Six? Six. Six p.m. kick. Six p.m. kick. So you can allegedly start tailgating at... Eleven. Eleven. Yes. <laughs> oh, four. Four? Four, eleven. I'm going to get there a little early, I think. I'm going to try it. I'm in for three. Three? Yeah. No yeah. tacos. Going to get a couple kegs. tacos? Mo- Excellent. We're going to do tacos and get a couple kegs of Modelo. We're going to make an evening. I'm so excited. Let us know what, what you're serving at your tailgates, and I'll make a map. You know, I've got to wander around the tailgates anyway. Oh, so that's that's what it would be really helpful. It would be really helpful to have a few Mike's predetermined spots. <laughs> yeah. Tacos. Yeah. Brats. Man, I, Brats. I, a couple weeks ago when I was wandering around, I got some great food from people. Uh, burger with an egg on it. You know, smash burger with a tortilla. Oh, my God. There's some good stuff. Damn. All right. Yeah. That's what I got. Anything else from either of you? Good here. All right. If we know you, we will see you at the game. Come say hi. If not, we will be right back here, rain or shine, next Sunday night. Go Grizz.